What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast, episode 15. We're back once again. I'm here with the usual resident homies, Casey, Joseph, and Joel. I, myself, am Anthony. Today, we got uh, a full lineup, right? We got a full lineup, our first full lineup and the most guests we've had so far. Uh, We got, excuse me, Chris, Mike, Will, Emmanuel from Exhausted Prayer. How are you guys doing? Great. 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 Chilling. Oh, yeah. Welcome, guys. So, yeah, we talked about it a little bit before in the beginning. Uh, This podcast is going to be several different things. uh, And right now, to me, this is a good thing for me because I want to use this as a way to find new bands as well from California and elsewhere. Um, But this is Cali Death Podcast, so we're going to start in California. Everybody that's been on this podcast so far has been connected to at least one of us, and you guys have a connection with Joseph. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take it from uh, the beginning. Joseph, you you got anything you want to add before we go into it? Yeah. So, you know, I got connected with Chris and uh, later Mike, uh, and then and then later later song song, and this is the first time meeting you, Will. But uh, all through playing with a band with Chris and then getting to know you dudes and sort of unearthing this kind of whole other like LA underground scene that I didn't really know too much about. So um, Exhausted Prayer being sort of one of the, the pillars of LA underground metal and doing something super unique and super original and, and keeping it going for over 20 years now. So what I'd really like to focus on this one is just learning more about this LA music scene that you guys are a part of and how you guys have stayed together as a band. And you guys go back to like high school right like at least the three of you more original guys know each other since high school and have been playing together all all throughout right crazy so yeah yeah (laughs) so take us back to the beginning man i think uh i I would maybe put it in song song's hands uh to talk about the origins sure so i guess yeah 1995 uh mike and i and our original uh guitarist uh, Blake, um, we all went to an all-boys Jesuit school. Uh, I don't know if Mike wants that uh, known, but um, he left after the first year. Um, but anyway, we... Um, <laughs> first two years. First two years, yeah. We, we all had the same first uh, three periods together, and uh, Mike was the uh, most metal guy in our entire class. Um, so everyone was just like, dude, that guy's kind of scary. Um, but um, uh, yeah, no, after a while, uh, uh, we just kind of got to know each other, and at one point, I was like, yeah, do you, do you like this band, Corn?" And he was just like, Psh. Uh, But after a while, like, uh, we, we discovered other, other bands uh, together. And uh, I guess the first extreme band I ever heard, um, besides like Metallica at the time and like alternative shit, was um, Mike uh, Let Me Deicide's uh, Once Upon the Cross and Dusk and Her Embrace. So yeah, after that, I was pretty much extreme metal all the way. Um, but yeah, we, he'd, he'd already played in other bands and um, we just started jamming. Um, Blake had, had just started learning guitar and I'd been playing for about a year and a half. So we started jamming and eventually became a band. Um, and I guess, yeah, first, uh, first bit is what's our name. So we were like, Hmm, what should we call ourselves? And, uh, it turned out in, uh, English class, um, me and uh, Blake had the same teacher. We, we read uh, Beowulf and one day in class, Blake's like, Whoa, I heard this really cool stanza. And it was, I had given up hope, exhausted prayer, expected nothing but, but misfortune forever. 
um, which is, I guess, when Grendel's about to tear some shit up and they're just like, basically, we're all going to die. Um, and I felt that was pretty uh, 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 inspiring because you could take it as like, okay, we're fucked, might as well give up. Or you can take it as, okay, well, we've had all this sort of false hope and like uh, appeals to the supernatural and to whatever um, the spirits and things and none of that worked. So, okay, well, I guess now we're just left with ourselves. And so just got to keep moving and power through. And so that's kind of how I, I, I think of it. Um, so, so we uh, basically uh, moved on to drawing a logo, which I... I took the first stab at it and I forgot to have an H in it. So we, there's a long, long joke about that. Uh, so I want to chime in real quick. So I'm, I'm just listening to you talk and you had said uh, you guys went to uh, a Jesuit school for two years. And then um, after that, you denounced it, obviously. Well, during, yeah. I mean, we during, played, yeah. Played and, uh, um, but that, that makes that, that name a lot more meaningful. Exactly. It's actually what you guys were going through in real life. Totally. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a cool comparison to something. And now you actually, that, that name gives it, gives you guys, gives the project a lot more meaning to you guys because it, yeah, you can inject yeah, your actual self into it. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. I, I mean, I think like right out the gate when we were thinking about doing a band um, the, the idea that what might be sort of, anti-religious and sentiment or if you don't want to be anti maybe you know like pro-humanism or secular or pro-reason things like this right but kind of anti-religious um so yeah exhausted prayer i mean it's not a big surprise coming out of this catholic school or whatever and you know they're trying to teach you like you know science and english and what's going on about the world legit college preparatory school and they're also like and the bible's real and we're going to try and make sense of this story so that it doesn't sound completely ridiculous and it's kind of like you know, we're not really feeling this stuff or whatever so uh, yeah. yeah that became kind of deep down you know not suffering the religious fools a little bit and uh we'll get there but i think we're gonna call our new album the holy fool too but uh we, we can get there yeah we'll get there yeah, we'll get into sure. that for sure. oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so it <laughs> continues but yeah but I sh you should keep going at it there song song yeah so we we jammed and uh we actually enrolled in the first battle of the bands um i think it was yeah, our sophomore year and because we, we knew they probably would deny us if we entered with our real name, we came up with a fake name, uh, which we called ourselves Malign, uh, which was really funny. And at the time, um, it was me on keyboards. Uh, Mike played bass and sang, uh, growled, and Blake played guitar. So we didn't have a full-time drummer. And so we just pulled out this guy, um, Tom Dunbabin. And so he filled in, and we played the show, and um, we got pretty pretty good uh, 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 response from it so um, we we kept at it and um, kind of rearranged because uh, Mike borrowed um, a drum kit from our, our buddy Richard who ended up playing bass in the band um, and so he basically worked on his chops over the next year and we did we just kept recording on our, our four track and um, just yeah just just kind of tooling our songs a bit and so I transitioned a lot of the keyboard parts and the sort of complex harmonies into guitar and I think that's that's kind of explains a lot of uh, where our, our like tonality comes from and sort of the cross-fertilization of different instruments because uh, Mike writes actually a lot of the songs even though he plays drums. Um, but um, I, I think at some point too, like we made that sort of aesthetic decision uh, to not have like keyboards. Uh, you I know. joined the band and said, no keyboards, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking death metal. That's right. Had enough uh, Demi Borgir uh, flavor. Technical to, like, death uh, 
I mean, I think I think there was a, a feeling that it was almost like a shortcut to like atmosphere and achieving the harmonic stuff that we wanted to do, especially with cheating, you know. So, so, so yeah. Using this you know, keyboard, so, yeah, you need to make your guitar sound like your keyboards. Yeah, 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 yeah. We always, yeah, yeah. We always had this thing, keyboards and shit. We, we've always had this thing in Exhausted Prayer when listening to like black metal, like if it's kind of cool, like or we like how it sounds, like oh yeah, dude, I can like hear the keyboards, but there's like no keyboards or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So we've always kind of like tried to achieve that a little bit. So at some point, as we rearranged, we were like, we're gonna go kind of straight up, you know, guitar, guitar, bass, you know, drums pretty early on, and probably mostly to do with Chris coming in and saying. You guys are a bunch of busters trying to use keyboards or something. Well, there's a cryptopsy influence, you know, like a little more brutal. Um, yeah, yeah, we wanted to go more brutal for sure, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Heist was definitely the uh, the death metal, in, the strongest death metal, uh, brutal influence um, when we were kind of still, I guess, melodic, um, keyboard driven. But yeah, it started to get more into like super fast speed, single uh, single note speed picking. And this is about '97 then when when uh, Heist joined the band. Um, and then um, Blake switched no, to no, bass. He joined fall ninety nine. Okay. Fall ninety nine. Okay. Well, I guess Blake was was playing bass for a while, um, and then yeah, when we got more serious, uh, Blake actually went to college at UC Berkeley, and that's so we we needed a bassist, and yeah, we knew we knew Heist, so he he came in on it. Because um, Mike and Heist were involved in another project called Music of Eric Zan that was a like more grindcore, which had cool melodies to it too. Um, so we we were all friends, and it was just basically yeah, you want to jam and. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was that, and so Exhausted Prayer um, had our we had our first recording in yeah '99, that we released called Involutional Melancholia, which I remember um, like after a, a really intense uh, a party, uh, we all slept over at our friend Lindsay's house, and I remember waking up in his like dad's room or something, and there was a book on psychology called Involutional Melancholia, and I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, so so we got a lot of uh, book titles, and then our next album actually was also another book title, so. Um, I, I I believe in uh, just anything sparking ideas, you know, or or finding just uh, commonalities in stuff that you weren't uh, before exposed to, but then all of a sudden you see it and you're like, oh yeah, that that pertains exactly to me, or it pertains exactly to this, you know. So I, I like to find those little Easter eggs too, for sure. Yeah, for sure. We we pull from a, a wide variety of stuff, for sure. I mean, as as uh you know, in people who enjoy music, you know, I mean, I think we all listen to a wide variety of stuff. We like to play a wide variety of stuff. Um, and, and yeah, in terms of like, even just film and stuff too. I mean, for me personally, like um, just taking in art from, you know, all, all corners, we're working on some of the exhausted prayer artwork right now for the album, uh, the new album. And, uh, you know, I kind of drew like a little like mock-up of it and it's ridiculous, but then I was like, and I want to be like that combined with Botticelli or whatever you know um so yeah we, we 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 draw from a lot of different places for sure i think that's the best way to do it really if you want to i mean we've already heard the words unique and, and original when we're talking about you guys so it's like you can only become that if you take from everything take a little bit of everything or as much as of, of everything that you enjoy you know because if you just try and sound like dark throne you're gonna sound like dark throne yeah, and that's, I think, you know, I remember when I was a teenager and I was, like, getting into black metal and stuff, and I was like, I want to get rid of, like, all my like, my rock and roll, like, 90s, like, grunge CDs, like, fuck this shit, like, black metal, and, like, it's like, man, you know, I love black metal, you know, there's so much baggage with it or whatever, for sure, like, fuck anybody who's a racist, like, nationalist person or whatever. Um, yes. But, you know, beyond that, it's, like, this aesthetic 
like wormhole like tunnel that you can go down and become like super close-minded and that's just like the dumbest thing ever when you're talking about art I mean it, when, it, when you get to that point it's not even like you like art you just like something that's like fat like a fashion that's just like a little slice it's, just, it's a symbol it just becomes a symbol that you align yourself with that's it yeah 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 well we I, I talk in some of my lyrics on the album about laying down your fucking banner you know like you know mm-hmm. um I, I've always felt that if you just like one little slice of art then you use like that little fashion that you like it's not art as a whole you know but yeah Totally. No. I'll talk. I'll talk about aesthetic nonsense as much as you want, or not. <laughs> um, can I ask Heist? Uh, you, I remember you telling me you you uh, ran in with Deprecated for a little bit, or auditioned, or what was this Deprecated you know, story? When I was in high school, like my, you know, it was a smaller scene back in the day. But my buddies in Pedro knew Derek uh, Boyer a long time ago. Went out like in the late '90s, and we used to chat on the phone and shit. And like you know, we were like, "Oh, let's jam and shit." And like. You know, I never made it down there, but yeah, like back, yeah, uh, like I was talking to him about jamming for Deprecated, like in '99 or something when I was in high school. But I never, I never went down there and shit. But I, I knew him through like a few guys in San Pedro that were just in the in the kind of death metal scene that were really into like Disgorge and that showed me Disgorge and Deprecated back in like the late late '90s, '98, '99. Um, pretty small scene, you know. Like now it's it's great, but yeah, in the late '90s it was yeah. <laughs> when, when when Chris when Chris came into the exhausted prayer fold, uh, I mean one of his main things was like anywhere he showed up, he had like the first Discord CD that starts off with just the fucking guttural like wet. <laughs> oh shit, that was terrible. And basically, like anywhere he wanted to go, like know what he was all about because he had that shit. <laughs> oh, dude, this is the best fucking album fuck. ever, dude. Like, fuck. <laughs> and we, I mean, he got us all on board for sure. Yeah, dude, it is the best album. Come on, man. <laughs> Still is, yeah. dude. Praying Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that, I that band it, it was like, oh my goodness, it. That band <laughs> Flesh Rod, actually, I remember. I think for their first demo, they took the, all they did for the for the vocals. I should try to get a hold of it sometime. It's uh, Naveen. It's the guys from Animosity. They actually had they cut up the vocals from that and turned it into a like a, into songs. They just cut the vocals from all the <laughs> like they sampled Maddie's. Yeah, yeah. Voice. They cut it up to make it work around their music because they couldn't find a singer or something. They wanted Maddie. Whoa, Way. really? Yeah, like, wow. Sweet, yeah, yeah. I'll try to find it somewhere. I know that uh, Chase. Was I don't think about I've that ever that. heard of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Heard I mean, that story or heard of anybody else doing that? Sampling sample the best vocals from the first Discord. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, so real quick, let me just turn up. that into like a. I mean, the the comparison would be hip hop, like trying to find the break beat. You find the yeah. two measure break beat, Brown, and then you loop that. Measure break beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and yeah. then you you cut that and loop it. Well, it's the same thing. You just fuck it. Maddie Way's voice right in the beginning of that, and there's probably a couple other breaks during the album too, where it's just him, where you could just take that. Yeah, 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 manipulate yeah. it. The middle of atonement, that one part. Yeah, you could totally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Guys are, dude, we're, we're on to something. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess they're on to something. I guess they were already on to yeah. something. <laughs> we could just go with guitar riffs and drums and everything. Just make, just take a fucking one band shit or a bunch of band shit, just splice little fucking slices up and start another band, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> DJ Shadow, right? You know? Yeah, yeah DJ yeah. Shadow of metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tech, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking. Brutal death metal DJ Shadow. <laughs> very doable. A lot yeah. of the bands are using the same samples and shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it kind of reminds me, I mean, early on, like we were the only band that we knew that was extreme. And it's like we'd play with like alternative metal bands or just kind of like 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 heavy punk bands or like. Uh, and so, yeah, it was hard to, to really know where to play. And I was like, oh, play the whiskey. And 
Um, so we, we did play the whiskey um, once and we were like opening of like five bands. Um, I forgot who played that. Was that Testament? I forget. We hit, um, a, we hit Noctuary. That's what it was. Noctuary. That was our. And I was yeah. like, dude, we should email Noctuary. And, like, and they were like, hey, we're playing the fucking whiskey with Pessimist, man. And we're like, fuck yeah, man. And so, yeah, we played with Pessimist and Noctuary, right? Like, yeah. 99. Yeah, that was like our, our first big show because yeah, at the time it's like yeah. oh you go to go to like a giant venue to see Pantera or Slayer or whatever, and so like like there'd be tiny shows here and there, and so we play the whiskey and we're like fuck this, pay to play, never again. Um, and that's and yeah, through Knoxville we started playing smaller clubs like we played uh, Kesara in Long Beach, which is still a good good spot, and then we started playing house shows and backyard shows, and that's when we we were like okay these are our these are our folks, we're not gonna go to stupid shows. Like the Juan Ramirez shows, right? Like Gully Gully, Westchester <laughs> Bar, Juan, yeah. Juan Soriano, Juan Soriano, Juan Soriano, yeah. We got a Holy Gully date or two in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, well known at the time. The Juan Ramirez. That's a different that's, scene, man. That's Benighted Entity, fucking Benighted, Juan yeah. Soriano. That's fucking Salon Riviera, like fucking Westchester. What else is the fucking? What else are we playing? Yeah. Um. We we played like rest assured we've played all the kind of um, like subpar venues that underground metal shows have been at for all the years because they can't quite be at the normal venues or whatever. Um, like, all the nooks and crannies places like it. Yeah, the the Stardust Lounge, the Salon Riviera, the Holy Gully. Uh, one we played out a lot was the Relax Bar in Hollywood, like ten the, fifteen years ago. The place that Dan started at, um, <clears throat> Studio Noho. What's that place called? Oh, remember the Mountain Bar? That was sweet. Oh, the Mountain Bar was, yeah. Mountain Bar in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, the place had free shows. I think when Exhausted Prayer started, though, like, I don't know, this is how I kind of recall it. You know, like, we weren't really, like, part of, like, a particular scene. It wasn't like there were, like, a bunch of backyard shows that we were automatically going to and that we kind of got our band going because we were already, like, friends with, like, people and stuff. Um, This this is stuff that, like, when Salsa and I were going originally, we got into like you know extreme metal and everything like kind of just on our own like three of us like dudes kind of you know and we eventually met you know chris and he got into the fold and stuff but he wasn't super dialed into like the metal scene for shows and stuff like that so it was really us and kind of our passion of just liking this dark ass music and then we eventually you know it was didn't go quickly but we weaseled our way into the the scene to the extent which we're in it today which is not you know anything to write home about probably but uh you know we've been around a while or whatever does your earlier material have like a lot of that? Because I, cause I basically just went to Spotify today and, and listened while I was uh, nude in the shower. Um, <laughs> but I was, uh, I listened, yeah, I know, it's the way to do it. But, um, well, yeah, you got to do it nude, dude. I mean, well, in clothes, dude, you're fucking get a, get a fucking, no. I, dude, I put, I have Alexa. The only place I have Alexa in my house is in my bathroom where it's a nice, like, Alexa speaker where I can just be like in showering, be like, play exhausted prayer. <laughs> you know, like, and just basically start a plan. But do you guys like your older stuff? Does it have that kind of same atmospheric? kind of because i heard a lot of atmospheric kind of yeah black metal in there that actually it's some of my favorite black metals like the atmospheric kind of like trippy but it would go like between I mean, like you know you have the unique style where it's going jumping between genres but you had that very atmospheric black metal was that in the beginning still like that as well kind of always been like that right yeah yeah totally we were probably more brutal like like faster just straight out blast beats out the gate um but then there'd be an interlude then back into blast beats yeah. Um, but yeah, over time, yeah, we, we kind of uh, mixed in different tempos and different feels a little bit more, uh, um, uh, blended them a little better. Um, but yeah, early on, yeah, it was it was just like, basically every every time we jam, I used to be like, 
What does that sound like with a blast beat on it? Let's just throw yeah, blast yeah. beat, blast well, beat after blast, blast beat. beat on that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Emperor, Emperor is like a big influence on us. Um, okay, fuck, yeah, for sure. That's and the like, you know, yeah, copying Emperor. <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, you know, we like Dark Funeral. They were one of those bands where you could hear the keyboards, like we mm-hmm. were saying, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, we we like the atmosphere stuff, and we do to this day. I mean, I think there's some stuff we've. Um, done on the new record that's kind of a little more like shoegazy and we've always done like a little bit of that mm-hmm. we do like my bloody valentine and some stuff like that and yeah I, uh, uh, there's and, a band and, and from he, i'm sorry i was just gonna say there's a band from san francisco you guys might know how to pronounce it it's like bose de nage or something Bosse or whatever yeah yeah that's there was just a, like a little hint of that in one part of a song that i heard too so it's like <clears throat> I, I I felt that connection too, and then I've also heard the shoegaze label with them as well. But I'm actually new to that that this shoegaze stuff. I don't really know. Well, I, I, I mean, I would argue that like um, uh, like Transylvania Hunger is like kind of shoegazy insofar as he's just playing like the blast beat like the whole time, and there's mm-hmm. like no fills. And it sounds like shit, but like it just gets that kind of like trance thing going. Yeah, yeah. Um, or that so like think... over record that sounds like it was recorded. Oh, that is the best shit, dude. Yeah. yeah, that and that is like a straight blast beat the whole motherfucking time, dude. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is like that aesthetic wormhole where you don't want that to be your only stuff. Totally. <laughs> but like we love that stuff though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like we I love Transylvania Hunger, you know. Um, so there, I we do like and we, we, we've like psychedelic stuff. I think we're kind of California hippies really more than like m- tough metal guys or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you're on the you right know, podcast. Dude. You know, maybe <laughs> get a psychedelic vibe and get the trance like music going a little bit. We like, we like that a little trippy, you know? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, early on, we basically would show up to a show and be like, all right, who's playing? It's like, just like death metal dudes. We called them satanic Hispanics. Cause it was like mostly oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Latinx scene. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we after a while. That then, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but after a while, we somehow came across the band Ludicra um, from San Francisco. Oh yeah. And uh, we became friends with them instantly. We're like, wow, there's another band that kind of sounds like us, and we're like kind of in the same wavelength. And so we hit them up, and we met them for the first time. We like totally gelled, and we're became great friends right away, and we're still friends. Um, but that was like one of the first times we we ventured out of LA, and we started playing San Francisco fairly often. Sanctuary, man, right? The Noxuary connection. Yeah, Noxuary. <laughs> right, we sure. probably played a show with them, yeah. Like, so, yeah, what? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's a long time ago, man. I mean, we're talking like, you know, tw- like 17 years ago or something. It's not easy to remember all this nonsense. Totally. Yeah, and it's yeah, like around that time we started branching out and we got shows in San Diego and then we started playing um, Mexicali a lot. And so that was a, a big surprise that there was huge scene in Mexico, um, and Tijuana was pretty good too. Um, but yeah, we played with like uh, what Brujeria or, or As- Asesino, um, and um, yeah, we played we with nuns, of, nun slaughter and Nunslaughter, nuns laughter. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. But yeah, we we just sort of played wherever we were invited. And we we're like, yeah, we're down. And people would be like, whoa, we never heard a band like you guys before. Like that was crazy. And it's like, so that was that was pretty cool to to get through to people that they were like, they could tell we were doing something different and I- trying to do our own sound. I think that's really good song. So that advances the the narrative here a little bit. And I was gonna say that from there we kind of started branching out to like the West Coast to like get out and play shows, uh, do tours. I mean, you know, to do tours. Um, and then we also 
did some maybe less like well-advised touring stuff we went to the east coast one time that was kind of funny lost our asses going to the east coast but like had have stories to tell as well though um but, what's that we had a couple good shows yeah no it's a couple yeah, of we good had a really good time like, yeah like you know, Chicago. We were, like all right if we're gonna drive a van and play the exhausted prayer type tour where we're like hey give us whatever kind of money you can for the show because <laughs> we're like artists not capitalists or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. um we we kind of stick it to like the west coast mostly and we kind of for a while been doing like a yearly run up there um and we really kind of dig that because we can um stay with people we know and eat at all like the vegetarian restaurants and stuff like that um we definitely maybe feel getting... very comfortable when we're playing it in california too it's just yeah i guess maybe that's like that for other you know musicians where they're from too you know but maybe i don't know well, in oregon and yeah Washington, well no it's I... fucking sweet there's a whole middle of the country that isn't that sweet that you have to get through yeah yeah you know play a bunch yeah, of shit shows like nevada utah fucking come on man that's a, that's a lot of people a lot of people lot of people leave out about touring is that most of the time you're in the middle of the country because most of the country is the the, the meat of the country mm-hmm. you're not going on the mm-hmm. coast most of the time you're going you have to get to the coast it's kind of like touring yeah. to get to the coast is what you're doing you're basically yeah, pretty, like, I mean, pretty much yeah, i mean there's you know like there's spots in and you know texas there's, there's texas metal. exactly yeah yeah there's texas and texas, stuff like that there's yeah. just yeah. there's just enough spots to like give you a little boosts to get you to the other side and that's exactly. it exactly it's like you know we're all we're all like day job dudes too and everything so like um i mean if the right thing came around and it was like a big tour i mean maybe we could do it or something but you know we all got kind of lives we're a little bit older i mean speaking of 20 years that means we're not like you know in our 20s or whatever um but uh i don't know i mean for me personally i love our little like west coast thing that we can do um and if we can you know make 300 dollars a show instead of 150 dollars a show one day that's be super cool you go back to you (laughs) saying you're an artist well that that's the whole point it's like where do you guys have fun playing shows we're gonna get ready to do that and keep doing that and keep writing new music to play at those spots and keep having fun with it that's it it's not about yeah you you got a day job you know what's gonna pay the bills but this is getting our creative release out and yeah, we don't, you know getting up on stage and doing it yeah we wouldn't be doing this like in the manner we have for so long and like have you know too many illusions about what we're doing you know we like making music for ourselves and we got you know a few fans out there and colleagues and stuff that we like to share our music with and we go out there and support it with our shows that's it's pretty chill for us yeah admittedly we could have done better if we'd hired a booking agent and gotten a label and that sort of stuff but we were just too busy recording and just putting stuff out on our on our own we were all about the diy aspect and yeah and if anything if we got stuck playing a small place like ashland oregon or whatever like oh well, there's nowhere else between there and portland we actually were blown away when it's like we played this cafe and all of a sudden there's like 150 people out of nowhere just show up they bought all our merch just super loved it or just like hell yeah that's so cool when you can just have no expectations and be like fuck it we're just gonna roll in here and just play whatever even there's no one there and all of a sudden it's like an amazing show or even in um, Amarillo, Texas, there was like no one near a Greyhound bus station. A bunch of homeless people are like, okay, whatever, we'll play this like uh, like parking lot thing. And then all of a sudden, all these kids show up. They, like it was like the most money we'd ever made on merch ever. And it's like, <laughs> hell yeah. So yeah, that's what it's all about is just going in there and just doing it. That's Sick. Awesome. So, so now you guys got that, that first release out. When, how did you guys get prepared and get that next one out? Shit um well okay so first one was involutional melancholia we did that in chris's bedroom or no i'm sorry his living room his parents house when they were out of town yeah 
Um, so, you know, we did that 100% ourselves. And, you know, it, it sounds crappy, but we're talking black metal here. It is what it is. There was an empty house going on, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so what was our next one after that? What completely is not? Yeah, yeah we so did for that, that in the media one, kitchen. Yeah, so we stepped it up for that one. We've been rehearsing at this place called the Media Kitchen in like Gardena, in the LA area. And we're like, oh, let's go in there and record it. And, um, you know, the preparation we did on that one was just jamming like us dudes were doing. Um, and we went in and uh, recorded, uh, did we record live? And maybe no, like- no, I, we, no, we didn't record We, we tracked, yeah. But the, oh, the producer had never good. really done metal. So it was just sort of like- Oh no, that's bullshit. He didn't right? Visions, man. And like uh, Bill Cordell, the, the extreme, the yeah, extreme metal yeah, wasn't yeah, there for yeah, I think so. No, def, definitely. Yeah. The extreme metal wasn't their forte, but we were just taking advantage of these guys we knew. We we rehearsed at their spot. There were a couple older dudes. We're like, let's do it. And uh, I think that there's a lot of great energy coming off that record. There's some good songwriting too. We've always like put songwriting kind of kind of first, you know. Um, and uh, you know, you don't, not a bunch of riffs that you can just shuffle around between the songs or something. Um, but, you know, there's a slop factor a little bit. We're, you know, young and just full of, you know, piss and vinegar or whatever. Um, but that was one that we didn't do like DIY. We've got, you know, a few, we've got bounced back and forth a few times over the years. It's always been us kind of mostly handling what's going on. We've never really had like a label. Um, but uh, that one we did do with uh, in a recording studio. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll mention, too, I'll mention too that, um, Although it's uh, fluctuated over the years, you know, we all kind of write like a couple songs for each album, you know, uh, each of us will kind of compose a song until it's, you know, maybe like 70% finished or something like this. And then we, we bring it to the band and then we kind of like arrange it and put it all together and stuff. And um, the, the balance has changed a little bit over the years, but we, we all kind of contribute uh, like pretty evenly to, to, you know, doing writing songs for each release. And is that true of the lyrics also, or is there maybe more of a like um, lyricist for the band? It is, it, <laughs> it is, it is true of the lyrics, but less so. So I think the lyrics would mainly be me and then, um, and then Swan Song and then maybe Chris. Yeah, I've written a couple know. songs on me. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, maybe it's like 80% me. Yeah. So you get, I mean, you know, all the, all the song titles are like, so like philosophical did you like study philosophy or where does that yeah, I, stuff come from no yeah i have a bachelor's degree in philosophy <clears throat> uh, I, I can too. find the guys i can find them always yep <laughs> yeah yeah like like richard right well you know richard yeah. our, our our former bass player um and me and swan song went to uh ucla uh, like at the same time or whatever and we didn't meet each other there again we knew each other from beforehand um, but yeah, so uh, Swanson did microbiology, but yeah, I got, I got the philosophy chops, you know, philosophy, music, real practical sort of, you know, got my head on my shoulder sort of dude, tackle, tackle life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Relatable though. Yeah, man. Uh, I just love it. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. There's, can I just read this one title from what completely is not the unwavering bludgeoning of a mind by the angst arising from an encounter with the void. It's like a great song title. Yeah, so I mean, you it's know, there's also, I don't think there's not like any humor in our music. Yeah, like when you listen to our tunes, there's not like any tongue in cheek. It's like serious, even though we're like lighthearted guys. But there is a little bit of like tongue in cheekness to some of the shit we do outside of the music, like the song titles or some puns or I don't know, stuff like that, like a little bit, you know, like that's obviously like, I love it too. It's great, but it's like, hey, let's make a really long, like ridiculous title. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
anything to catch that attention and just you know like oh i want to check out what what that song sounds like and then it actually yeah, back in the day yeah. people were people were all about that one you know like i think it was like on a maybe some compilation cd they were like oh that's the fucking song man yeah that one with the long name and we're like yeah, yeah. for sure man <laughs> yeah hey, I, don't, I don't i don't think we thought of it as a marketing thing at the time maybe when i named it i thought of it as like you know i'll make it stick out a little bit or something you know? yeah, it was pretty absurd you know like yeah well, and the, yeah, thing, and it is about like, like it's like an angst sort of song, the unwavering bludgeoning of a mind by the angst arising from an encounter with the void, existential sort of angst stuff. Whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> good fodder, man. I was um, I didn't think of it. <laughs> riffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when did when did some of you guys start playing with other projects? Uh, I don't know. I, I think a little bit throughout my life with other projects not that much but just a couple bands here and there uh i don't remember well i you know I, kind of had, I i had um uh dreaming dead as a project that was running parallel to exhaustive prayer for a long time um uh liz ended up uh singer guitar player main uh, person band ended up moving up, up moving up to portland chris was at the time in the band at the time when she did too um, and then I had a band called House of Rabbits uh, that I was in for a while. That singer moved away, unfortunately, too, and that's not happening. But um, and I think Sanson uh, picked up some stuff too. He's done a lot of music stuff on the side, but he picked up Cetacean a little bit later. But he can tell you about that. Yeah, I hadn't really been in any other heavy projects. Um, I mean, I studied uh, like world music and actually played uh, sitar and, and toured with a, a, an international uh, sitar performer. Um, and then um, that's, a, that's an instrument that's always fascinated me just looking at it and seeing somebody play i'm like dude that thing is intense dude. well mainly isn't sitar like so um, it's not like compared to the normal western scale like the scales are like there's tones it, in between tones it, right well, well sort like, of i mean it's like it's, like, western... it's the major it's the sitar is the major scale really not quite i mean the sitar has uh basically uh 18 strings and you tune the the underlying strings to the the scale that you choose so you can you can play it within a major scale or you can shift the frets they're actually movable um scalloped frets um but you can yeah you can pick flat second um whatever sharp fourth whatever you you basically pick a certain set of notes for an ascending scale and a descending scale and you stick to that um so that's called a rag or raga and so yeah i was exposed to that in college and i think that definitely also influenced my my playing um but but yeah, hearing just uh, sort of uh, unconventional intervals, uh, and then I got really into like uh, kind of denser chords. Like I'd basically close my eyes and just kind of find a chord on the piano and try and like write a melody around that. Um, but yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd played uh, sitar um, with a guy Nishat Khan, um, and um, didn't really do any other uh, heavy stuff until about maybe I guess five years ago. I met my buddy Dave Sice, and he had wanted to start a project that was kind of uh, Cult of Luna, sort of more doomy, uh, atmospheric oriented. And I'd only played like brutal black death metal. Um, so I was like, sure, let's try it. And uh, so that became Cetacean. And so we released a couple couple uh, albums. Um, so that was, yeah, pretty much my only other um, band band. Um, but besides that, I've like done like choral stuff and just random instruments. I play a lot of different instruments. Does the sitar though, does it have like, you know, the normal interval of notes like you know a half step is there a yeah, note so, in between the half step yeah. yeah there's no there's no semitones or anything right so on, so on like all you're getting that on the on the on, on that instrument is by bending right so so I'll, I'll just say that there's two styles of sitar there's the one that ravi shankar basically promoted which is what most people are familiar with and that's just basically playing the frets playing really complicated rhythmic patterns and different uh sort of like 
tongue twister type uh, uh, melodies. And then the style that I learned under um, is, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the most famous uh, exponent is uh, Vilayat Khan. Um, and this style is, is uh, primarily um, emulates the voice. So you do have half steps on the, on the sitar. I mean, there's a couple missing half steps depending on the scale you're playing, but most of the, the melodies you play are actually pulled bend notes. So you can okay. bend up to four or five notes um, like up, um, or you can pre-bend and then release them, but you'll basically pull like four or five notes in a melody just all from one fret. And so that's very physically demanding um, and it's hard to be precise and you can really just sour it up with like a slightly off note. Um, so if you're, if you're purposely going for the semitones or the um, uh, sort of in-between notes, then that's great. But yeah, for the most part, unless you've been playing for like 10 years, then that's all accidental. Um. <laughs> your target notes gotcha. are like, all what's on the piano for the most part. Okay. It's right. It's it's not like quarter steps and shit. Like yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's mechanically the same as as a yeah. guitar pretty much, okay, uh, okay. except that it's scalloped so that if you push harder, then it'll bend slightly sharp. Um, but yeah, there's a lot mm -hmm. of pulling um, notes. Um, so that that style is unique. But you like bend into the end of the semitones are out, right? As opposed to like having a set like skipping semitone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the microtonal guitars and all that stuff, but yeah, oh, the the microtones you're not those microtonal notes, you know. Well, you are, except that you're passing through them. So the you're difference between Indian music and like uh, Middle yeah, Eastern yeah. music you is that, you, you you're, you're fixed on the microtones. You know, like when yeah. you bend it over the guitar, right. you're passing all those microtonal notes the same way. You know, true. Like in yeah, between yeah. A B, uh, in between a B and a C note on a guitar, is some a few other sounds, but like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you hit notes, a lot of times, like with blues, you'll do quarter step bends. You hit the note aggressively, and it's just stylistically like it's not a regular C note. It's a little bit sharp. You're tweaking it because people just play aggressive and squeeze the notes. But nobody really talks about that as microtonal. But it's, <laughs> you're you're hitting those other tones that are in there. I get like, teacher uh, over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Middle East or something. All those does that Middle East scale that's got all those fucking no, these fucking dudes minor scale shit you know it's yeah. reminds <laughs> me of, uh, of Pantera so, uh, as a, of, as a guy that sorry oh. I just want I, I just want to say yeah, something real quick before it gets <laughs> too far away just before we make your podcast I'm not no 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 I'm generally interested about something and I wanted to ask about it before we got away from it is the scalloped so is it because this does that mean that the top of the fret is flat like I think Singer of scalloped question. potatoes, dude. Yes. Like flat. So each like, each fret is like this. It's like yeah. a, I can go uh, grab it if you guys want to yeah. see it. But yeah, um, we all grab our show here. Fucking Ingrid Malmsteen, man. That's the yeah, yeah. Grab it, dude. Yeah. The scalloped awesome. aspect of it, it's actually not scalloped. They're actually it's actually a round, a like basically a round bar, like a curved bar. Yeah, yeah. And then it's empty underneath. Dude. So you basically have this like bowl shaped neck. Yeah. Uh, then like the the sort of fret the rounded frets on top so, and each of the frets is separate. And the you harder the you press, dude. the fret right. goes further into the neck. Yeah, get that shit. Yeah, get it. Yeah, get this guitar, bro. Come on. <laughs> so what, what, I, what I was before before he grabs it, what I was gonna say is uh, oh. there's like pan, a little like side notes. Pantera used to tune to a quarter. It was like a they used to tune to semi. It would be like D, but like a quarter step down. Oh. Uh. Mm. so like okay. if you couldn't play like ever if you ever want to jam with them it sounds like shit like if you when I was a kid i was like dude that's so cool right? you know? there you go. okay well here metallica's master pub that i heard the other day look at it, that fucking thing dude yeah, metallica's man. tuned at 435 for master of puppets and they yeah. sped the team up oh okay okay that yeah 
Yeah, there's all that 432 business. It's all like right, a, so everybody oh, be quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all I mystical. Like everyone, yeah. everyone be quiet so, so everybody can see Emmanuel's uh, screen so they can see that thing, dude. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Yeah. So the, let's the, put this on full air screen. between the frets pretty much. Oh, cool, man. Wow. Um, and, um, and it's pretty punishing because you basically only play one string the whole time with two fingers. Yeah. So oh, we'll do wow. a sitar lesson here. Um, so That's all good, dude. I'm interested. So, so that's your root note. And a sitar is tuned to any pitch, basically. But you basically uh, stick to that the scale from that root, root note. So right now, I'm in C sharp. But you could tune it to C. You could tune it to D. Um, I've tuned it to A before. I did a solo for a Murder Construct, and I, I tuned it down so to fit the recording. Um, so here's a, the scale I'm tuned to now. It has a flat second. Tomorrow never comes. Sick, dude. <laughs> uh, Beatles last song on Revolver. <laughs> so I totally yeah, I totally get it. I was trying to imagine it, and now I totally fucking get it. That right, that's the coolest moment of the podcast, right there, so far. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, we still got like an hour and some off. The coolest. <laughs> you don't know, so dude. Cool. The coolest one might be in like forty-five minutes, dude. The way you can tell, uh, uh, yeah, like when someone starts playing a sitar, whether or not they actually know what they're doing or not, is if you hear vibrato, then they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, as there is no such thing as vibrato in indie music, and that's nope. that's it's funny. Like when I've I've like encountered people that pick it up first and they're just like, yeah, like yeah, no. and it's like nope, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's not allowed. Up, they're not down. Not down with the wiggles. <laughs> it does kind of sound pretty sick, though. What about like your voice? Can you do like vibrato with your voice in, in like the Indian classical music? Well, there's Did different you know? technical aspects, but the vibrato with the voice is called, or like the voice like uh, vibrato is called something else called gummock, which is like. Okay. <laughs> Super wide. Is that kind of vibrato? It's a time and a place. That's a little different. Yeah, but the, like the no way that they would allowed. do. Isn't it's it, like yeah. a slight like undulation like it's not like some rock and roll shit not like bruce dickinson that's super red super you want to hear the weird. understrings they're tuned to the scale that might be out of tune but Dude, yeah. it's those like those, those beads strings. that you walk through into the porno <laughs> section at the, <laughs> the rental <laughs> set. Push the beads aside. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne's World, man. Wasn't it Wayne's World? Oh, probably. Yeah, Wayne's dude. Maybe. A dream <laughs> sequence thing in Wayne's World. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Or wasn't that? Oh, yeah. oh, oh that's right. That too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a straight sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, just rad, dude. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. So exhausted awesome. prayer, dude. <laughs> Let's um, get back yeah. to that shit. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, we got, we got, yeah, the only Swan? one song with a sitar. This one was actually one of my questions. Sorry, we're we're fucking over talking like a motherfucker right now. It's hard with eight people. Are you? Uh, <laughs> you also play saxophone, right? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've played sax for about maybe eight years now. Um, I also play vibraphone, um, different percussion. Um, what else do I play? Uh, just Middle East, Eastern instruments, Asian instruments. 
um, piano. Um, I just pretty much want to learn whatever I can get my hands on. So sometimes I get shit for that because I should be practicing guitar. But um, but yeah, I like I like incorporating a bunch of different influences. Like I, I got into uh, tube and throat singing, which the guys make fun of me for doing. But oh yeah, that's the, they talk about your throat singing. Oh, no, we did no. a little bit of that on the new album. So yeah. So, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Yeah, it also bad. has a solo throat. He has no. a throat singing solo uh, acapella on the. Yeah, outro. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. What song is that on? Uh, the worst word. It's on worst word. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, okay. We should <laughs> we should play that song at some point on on here. You can find out what the worst word is. Yeah. I'll check it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's all check it out. The real riddle. <laughs> Um, dude, uh, how about when, when did you guys connect with Will and get Will involved in, and, you know, maybe let's skip a little history and then go back to it later just so we can hear that side yeah, of the story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can throw it down and then uh, Will can maybe say his piece too. But, um, we, uh, started for like the new album, we started doing, uh, like pre-production. Yeah. It was like, kind of the first album that we did like full pre-production for, and, uh, you know, Chris had been uh, building up his uh, mic and uh, just sort of gear situation that, so that we could record. I mean, the main thing is you need a bunch of mics to record drums, right? Uh, like, you can record anything else with, like, one mic or something. Drums is the pain in the butt. So he's, we got all the mics to record drums and stuff. We decided to do the whole thing ourselves. We did the pre-production, went in. Um, we started recording the actual album. Uh, uh, Richard, our former bass player, did the pre uh, pre-production with us. Um, but then it got to the point where um, I think we're just kind of starting to go our separate paths a little bit where we really wanted to dig in and get a little bit perfectionist a little bit with this kind of stuff. You know, I mean, again, we did pre-production like really kind of deeply for the whole thing. And um, I think that uh, we felt like we wanted to um, make sure that everybody that was involved was, you know, 110 percent and stuff. And I, I think Richard had a lot of other stuff going on. We kind of decided to go our separate ways. But um you know, when it got to that point, uh, it wasn't too hard to think about like the four, three or four dudes in LA that are bass players that we know and that we like and that we think are good and that we, you know, like respect and everything. And I think what's most important to us is probably that we got a buddy uh, that we can, you know, hang out during rehearsal or tours with or whatever, because that's always been kind of prime that these also pairs kind of a brotherhood. And when we hit the road, it's kind of like going on the road with your best bud and stuff, you know, so uh yeah with an idea to kind of maintaining that too uh we ended up thinking you know will you know uh who i played with in dreaming dead uh for for a for a bit there and played with him earlier on uh in an in incarnation of that band and uh yeah uh so it, it wasn't that hard i mean basically will was the first guy that we contacted because uh that's who we wanted to go with and he was like, oh, let me, yeah, let me kind of talk it over, you know, think about family stuff and other commitments and everything. And uh, yeah, then we were good to go. And, and he hopped in like so awesomely. Uh, we'd already recorded bass for the album, actually. Uh, Chris and I had recorded bass on the kind of songs that we had written. And, uh, you know, so we kind of had to take a step back. But it was cool because we wanted Will to make his contribution because we know it'd be awesome. And in sharing the album with people as, you know, kind of minimally as we've done here, as we're kind of, you know, getting it off the, you know, uh, the presses or whatever, as they say, uh, you know, he, uh, people have been really been saying, dude, that bass is like awesome. Like, oh, dude, yeah, you can really hear the bass. Like, oh yeah, Will like killed it on the bass on this one. Like sweet, you know? 
So we, uh, I mean, once we saw what he started to do and the commitment he had and that what he was putting into it and playing some sweet ass shit, we were like, we made the right decision. And uh, um, yeah, let's let's hear some let's hear let's hear Will's background a little bit before that. Like, what was your coming up, Will? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Um, I mean, where do I start? I mean, yeah, it it all started kind of with the with the Dreaming Dead stuff. Uh, I had joined like the previous incarnation of the band, which is called Manslaughter, back in like 2006. Um, and that was, uh, that was Liz, the guitar player, vocalist, um, Mike, and, uh, and uh, another mutual friend of ours, Manuel. Um, this was going way back, way back. And uh, it was kind of weird. I think I saw, who did I see? I saw Liz play with Winter Thrall, like way back then. Uh, and uh, I played a show at the Key Club and I actually met Liz's sister in line. I was just there just to watch a show. Um, I forgot who they were playing with. I think it was something like a hypocrisy or something like that and um i actually met had met liz's sister in line at the at the show um and i talked to her for a bit and she said oh my sister's in this band and they're she's actually forming a side project they're looking for a bass player and um you know i talked to liz for like 10 seconds and then i came back out and uh i actually didn't see her and then i saw an ad on craigslist for a band <laughs> this was like two or three years later uh and uh for um and it turned out to be the same band um so i uh i met up with liz and mike uh 2006 um yeah we just started uh playing shows i mean i was uh i was uh i was in there and and just uh just trying to do my thing you know i kind of didn't know anybody beforehand um and uh what's that like dude so tell me about that like that was it was intimidating super intimidating because uh, both Liz and Mike were just, they're so, they were so technically proficient at their instruments. And I was coming in like, you know, uh, coming and playing on off of like some, some really like really immature, like death thrash stuff that I had written with my friends in high school. But um, I mean, really just coming in and then um, and playing with Mike and, and uh, especially as a bass player, just, you know, um, you know, linking up that and having that that rhythm section that really gets each other and is is able to, you know, create a pocket and stay in that pocket is super important. And to it's the backbone, dude. Yeah, it's the backbone yeah. of everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and coming across uh, uh, Mike and just um, hearing his playing, it was so easy to kind of fall into that pocket with him, and just be able to play around, do whatever you want, bounce ideas off of each other because he um, he had that technical know-how and he was able to, to perform at a level that that was just uh, out of this world for sure. Um, so I, I continued with Dreaming Dead for a while um, and then I eventually left the band uh, something in like 2007, late 2007. Uh, I came back to the band, I think 2015, something like that, 2016. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we come back, we, we start playing again. Um, and I mean, during that time I had, you know, th- that whole time I had been in contact with Mike, I'd been, I'd been watching Exhausted Prayer. Exhausted Prayer just came up, um, you know, when I when I had first seen and heard them, I think we played um, like a show with Dreaming Dead and Exhausted Prayer or Manslaughter and Exhausted Prayer like way back in the day. And that's when they first came into my radar and they just blew me away. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was the perfect music for me. And it was just, you know, they, they immediately had made a lifelong fan. Um, just, you know, just technical, progressive, uh, like black death metal. I mean, that was, that was right up my alley. 
and uh, I, be I became a lifelong fan and uh, just uh, started, you know, got, got to know the guys, got to know, you know, I knew Mike from playing with Dreaming Dead and um, got to know, uh, you know, got to know Chris, got to know Swan Song, got to know uh, Richard a little bit. And um, yeah, just a- Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting feeling because I had the same thing with both my projects, dude. Like I was a fan before I joined too. So I, I agree with you on, on having that, that, that situation where it's like, first you're you're a fan then you're a part of it and then you're yeah. like intimidated they oh, almost to the point where you're like well no it's actually exactly like this you you are forced to jump up try and jump up to their level dude you're yeah. you're trying to dunk they, everybody's dunking you're like I i'm gonna get there dude and eventually you're dunking with them you know yeah yeah absolutely i mean it was, yeah it's just um and that was a big thing you know when they when mike asked me asked me to join I was you know I had been out of projects for a while you know I hadn't really been um I hadn't really been playing with anybody else um too much I have a I have a project that's based out of Fresno Gorshak and um and they're really good friends of mine but you know we we our last release was in 2016 and um we haven't really been doing much since then so um that's how long I'd been out uh, of the game as far as like you know playing with a band and so to to get a call from Mike, it was it was really unexpected. Um, it was definitely very flattering, you know, just um, you know that these guys would would want to welcome me into their band and and yeah. So he was just like, okay, well, um, we're doing pre production on an album, and you know, you essentially I essentially had three weeks to to come up with some bass lines. Great <laughs> songs. So definitely threw me into uh, threw me to the wolves a little bit there, but it was just uh, it was an honor um and i still consider it an honor really uh to to you know to uh lay down these tracks and and really um become a, a part of this uh this institution you know uh that's been been part of the lac and been a part of my life uh for a long time um and uh yeah so i think you just i think you just realized the real reason we brought will into the band so that we can have some fresh blood new blood in here that can like talk about how awesome we are <laughs> without sounding conceited you know we, I mean, we love each other i mean we're, we're, we're dear friends you know so i mean when we hit up will it was like we knew we could do it and the thing was we like we hit up someone who's like an, kind of more active and in the scene stuff we're like we already know will is soulmate kind of love 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 dude like let's let's get him going and um no big surprise it just worked out super great that's important you know like bringing someone in that you know you're gonna vibe with versus like someone that you just knows like a oh this guy's the best in the scene blah 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 what's so you have to deal with yeah. that guy's in 20 bands I, and and all that I stuff that it's like oh this guy's gonna be our in the practice room with us and fucking jam with us and we're gonna like, all get along we're all gonna laugh we're all gonna fucking go out uh, you know do our thing have a good time it's gonna be like a part of our what the whole project is you know which is like it's fun it's not you know it's not trying to find the oh this guy was in this band we got to get him it's like no it's who's gonna mesh the best with the band you know it, yeah and clearly if you're doing something for 20 years you know maybe you're kind of getting a sense of you know what like you know what kind of people you might want to have around that can last for totally. a long time you know exactly after you've gone through enough folks for you know didn't work out you know you want that yeah what's you know with odious when we were looking for our um you know when i when i moved to guitar for a little while and we were looking for a bass player we were like okay who are our friends that we want in the band you know it wasn't like yeah who can who's gonna do it you know we weren't thinking i mean we knew they all could probably do it but we wanted like we went through the people that we wanted around us like we that's all we went through it was basically that was like our first criteria like i would, people, I would like, say like 
you could teach your friends to play music. You can't teach a good musician how to be a good friend, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, well, nailed it, dude. That's yeah. nailing it. Easier to get a good like a shitty person to somehow become a good person. Totally. <laughs> that's, that, totally. That, that's, the, that's now the best part of the interview, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, told I mean, you guys. Told you guys. That's wisdom, gonna be my new wisdom from Heist. Yeah, yeah, instead of live, laugh, love, I'm just going to put that quote on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of odd that for how long we've been together, you'd think that we would have, like, developed gripes or whatever, and it's like we've maybe had a few minor disagreements, but it's crazy, like, talking to other people in other bands, like, yo, did you kick out this guy? And so-and-so got kicked out mid-tour, and it's just like we've never really yeah. had any problems, and it's like we just want to hang out and play and it's like, it's not, there's no ego and there's no like, Hey, I well I wrote this and I want credit and I didn't get paid enough last show or Hey, like I'm tired of doing the merch. Like you guys do it or whatever. We just kind of all go with the flow. So I think we, that's we, a have base, we, we, we had a bass player after our original bass player went to law school and uh, we didn't vibe with him and like we kicked him out. It was just like, no, like <laughs> when the vibing wasn't there, like it wasn't something we were going to keep doing. Totally. But uh, I like that. What is it? Yeah, live, live, laugh, love, right? The kind of Karen <laughs> kitchen thing or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of inspired. Like maybe I can write a song about the I don't know something Karen related, but you know whatever. Make it about societal thing. But uh, uh, live, laugh, love. Um, die, die, cry, hate. Yeah, die, cry, hate. That's literally what I was just thinking. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. We're you know, simpatico. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Die, cry, hate, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not really about like the hate or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't want anybody to die. You can cry all the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, just, we'll just put cry in your wall. Just see that one word, cry. Period. Have a period <laughs> yeah, after. Everyone's like, all right, well, just make yeah. sure you cry today. Okay, thanks. Thanks. It's wall. like, dude, why does it say crying? Well, it's like my version of live, laugh, laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all emo deep down, so <laughs> exactly. We got feelings. We're adults. Take like any of our band logos, and then underneath just says "cry." Because <laughs> that band funny. name is taken, though. Yeah, I know. That'd be oh, a great man. band name. Which would yeah, be? like the most cry. brutal, like a Discord style death metal band. Just name it "Cry." Cry. <laughs> yeah, we were tossing uh, around. This, we we're tossing around this uh, title, "Sweet." Uh, sorry, "Street Weeper." Mm. it's like, like street sweeper but street yeah, weeper, yeah, yeah. but like totally. i don't know but anytime crying yeah. comes it makes me think of like a teenage girl for some reason so it's not <laughs> yeah very, yeah like, i know that's what that's why you got to change it you got to change it with some well, that's why you music you, you would blow <laughs> yeah, up yeah. with that name dude it would be like <laughs> cry uh horns emoji well like yeah weeper, exactly like like, like weeper. Yeah, we play yeah, yeah, Street Weeper. Yeah, Weeper. I like Street, that, yeah, actually. Weeper, Street Weeper. Yeah. I just, I, like, I love it. I mean, I'll probably yeah, use like it, it for something, but I kind of just think of like a spurned teenager, like outside the yeah, club, yeah. boyfriends inside or something. Mm. It's up to Dude, us to change Weeper it, man. Weeper is a pretty sick ass name, man. Got, got that Reaper yeah. thing going. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Weeper. Just hit... <laughs> oh, Ray, Ray, like the Grim Reaper. Grim Weeper. Grim Weeper. Grim Weeper. Grim Weeper. Like, there's, there's an audience. It's like, hey, man, play some Weeper, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, jw gw sorry <laughs> the crypt weeper all right that's enough <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we go all day uh, I, I, if we are going all day uh doom scroller is my uh doom scroller oh there you go man that's a good one yeah oh doom stroller no doom scroller, scroller you know like oh, scrolling would have been better yeah, oh, yeah. Modern, we're talking about modern scrolling. Twist. 
yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like a street weeper doom scroller <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah band kind of thing already i can tell doom band with the drum machine yeah split do a split exactly yeah <laughs> if you're going for that like death doom that's what i'm going for so yeah we got some of that in the works maybe sweet do we have like the shit no what was that band <laughs> and uh, shitted I've always wanted to start like the uh, yeah. side project, like toilet or whatever. My, my old like, boss, that was yeah. you, what were you? What Joel acidity was that one of yours? Oh, I don't know, but in shitted, I think wins everything. I think that's <laughs> like, like wait, wait, say that again. Wait, say that one again. In shitted. And shitted. Yeah, in shitted, in, yeah. yeah. It should be like in shitted. In shitted. That one came out in of the shitted. bowels of uh, Century Media. Uh, yeah, like, I worked in the warehouse. You know, yeah. we, we had all kinds of titles. You know, like, there was this one band I remember back in the day. It was called uh, They're All Tough. Like, it looked a super tough. It's just all infected scrotum. I'm like, ah, dude. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it just like hurt my balls looking at it. I was like, ah. Like, yeah. Turn the page of this uh, fucking. There's the band Anal Vomit. I think they're from like fucking Venezuela or some shit. But the back, it's like they're wearing corpse paint. And like one guy's got like a leather jacket and a bullet belt. He's holding an axe and he's like, the dick's hanging out. He's not wearing any okay. pants. <laughs> like uh, that's his thing. Every fucking, like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> well, literally, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Anal Vomit. I highly recommend it. I've never heard it before, but no, no, I've heard it. All right. <laughs> I highly recommend it. I've never heard it. I think I've heard I it. Mean, I must have heard, of, I must have like, heard of a little bit, you know. Like I got a buddy, Dan. He's bit. been on the podcast before. There's there's been times where he's been like, I definitely get that as a tattoo. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's safe to recommend that anal vomit just from the dude's picture alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a risky. Google, I got a blue yeah. wall looker. They got some normal photos, which is whack, but they, there's a few where, where he's, there's more than one where he's doing that no pants thing. I don't know what, yeah. I think they're Colombian, but the humor they got going on in their little clique, I can get down with that, dude. That's cool. <laughs> That's <just> cool. Not <laughs> wearing your pants in a picture? Yeah. yeah. After dressed metal. <laughs> like, you know, because I get it, because I, like, you know, I'm into the, the black metal and shit, but I would live out here. It's a fucking nice area and shit, by the beach and stuff. And, I'm not all dark and disturbed and shit. So, like, same with those guys, probably. They're fucking trying to play some black metal punk grindcore shit down there. And, like, they're not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, band practices them cracking up and saying funny, like, fucking one-liners to each other. Like, in in shit. I can't get over it in shit. Yeah, it's it's not that that grim. It's not that grim. I mean, I think you can make grim art and not be a grim dude, you know? Like, cephalic carnage, like... Oh, yeah, cephalic. Black Metal Sabbath or whatever and all that. Oh, yeah. But they would play shows with corpse paint on and come out, like, right? Sometimes. Oh, no, they had the... No, they yeah, had the, uh, they had they had masks on. And oh, actually, masks. I, they get for Black Metal Sabbath. They would come out with masks, and actually, they gave me one, and I fucking just lost it. Oh, sick, dude. Bones, sick, but, dude. Yeah, you know, cool. Yeah, and I was unshitted. That's kind of nice. <laughs> not have to wash off, so you don't have to wash off. You're an end shithead. Don't wash off the corpse paint. Just put on the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's way easier. Yeah, yeah. The corpse mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. kind of a little, a little cheap, but whatever. Exactly. Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. They should make something like that. You know, just a full-on like Abbott like mask, like Freddy Krueger back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to. So speaking of corpse paint. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell yeah. Nice. So you know, we we we, we dabbled. 
We dabbled. <laughs> we dabbled. <laughs> Maybe you know, two think, shows ever we had Chris Payne. Like think. songs kind of got like a Peter Chris kitty cat thing going, right? No, oh, man, I'm the. I think oh, I'm the, okay. the most evil looking. There's more. Does, uh, does who's BJ the jeans guy? Blue, blue jeans. <laughs> yeah, who's the jeans guy? That's our, <laughs> Blake, our original bass player. Yeah, I think he Mike, takes Mike with the stocking, stocking arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stocking what's Mike. the most gothic in the band? What's it was a gothic club. Uh, to, uh, yeah, to it, it, yeah. We were we were performing it like so. Uh, this was a little bit of a special sort of occasion. Uh, uh, Swan Song's girlfriend's uh, parents like w- like worked at this gothic club or ran a night at this club or whatever, and like we performed. It was usually not like a metal sort of club or whatever. Like or, industrial or goth club, yeah. But they got us to perform, and we, uh, we, we, you know, we got the chorus paint going kind of for fun. But we thought it was kind of cool too. I'm not gonna lie. When I was like 15 years old, I thought it was kind of cool that guys like were wearing corpse paint in the forest, like whatever. But yeah, I took um, a band photo in corpse paint too, dude. But I can't find yeah. it. I don't even know. Yeah. I think we like had to take it to uh, fucking Walgreens to print it out. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's kind of funny, right? Like you got like where are you gonna go get the corpse paint, right? Like Party City, like it's not that brutal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Count Dracula's fucking fucking makeup and shit. <laughs> um, shit. Can I just ask about a couple things I wanted to get on to was, Mike, you played with Terrorizer, or are you still playing with Terrorizer? Is that still active? You're involved? or No, 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 I'm not. Um, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was, like, totally sweet or whatever. Uh, I, you know, I think people had, like, uh, asked Oscar to, you know, like, do a Terrorizer thing for a while. And I think it was like Jesse Pintado's like you know, like 40th birth or 50th birthday or something like this or what would have been his 50th something like that. And um, they kind of knew Leon uh, Del Muerte from um, you know Phobia and Murder Construct all that stuff. And uh, they had a drummer they were working with and it wasn't working out. And uh, Leon was uh, in a relationship with Liz from Dreaming Dead at the time. And she was like, why don't you ask Mike? And uh, I gave it a shot. And uh, yeah, it was great. We, we played a show here in LA and it was awesome. I mean. I like opportunities to work on the on the chops, you know, and kind of saying yeah to a project uh, that's kind of gnarly as that, you know, with that, you know, playing that whole record, the playing that record in its entirety or whatever. The like world downfall the per- record, is yeah, that the one? yeah, yeah, you know, playing killer, that for its entirety for each of the shows. Yeah, great record, and you know, so it's a, it's a tall order or whatever. But after that show, we 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 got a few more. We played here and there uh, throughout the states, uh, kind of some one-off shows. We did a tour in Europe, which was awesome. It was like my only time ever really getting across the pond. And it's fun to play that album. I mean, I love playing my own music, of course, but, you know, the the fan response, you know, in the cities we play out where people were hip to Terrorizer and what that means for grindcore and extreme music, people were just, like, losing their shit, you know? Um, and everybody knows the album, you know? So, like, for certain songs, when it's really kicking off, it just goes nuts and it's real fun or whatever. Um, and then uh, things kind of slowed down and, um, you know, like, full disclosure, uh, you know, I'm like an alcoholic dude and, you know, I've, I've been mostly sober for a, a little while now, but um, uh, yeah, I, I took some time off to, actually I went to rehab, been to rehab a few times. Um, and uh, you know, when I got out, we talked to those guys and they decided to you know move on. And uh, actually a good buddy of mine, Adam um, from uh, Cartilage uh, and uh, Ex-Ion, pre- yeah. previously with yeah. Ion, yeah, um, is, is, is playing with them now. Although I don't know how much they're, well, they're obviously not playing now with the Rona. Yeah. Um, but uh, prior to that, I think it was slowing down a little bit. Oscar is, you know, uh, an older dude and he's got a family. He's not trying to do a whole lot of uh, stuff with Terrorizer or whatever, but um, it was a great opportunity for me for sure. 
uh, upped my game, drumming game even a little bit. It was cool to play some shows with like, you know, 2000 people. And I was I had to be like, all right, Mike, you know, keep your shit together. Um, what, what year uh, span were you in the band? So people who were listening would be able to know if they saw Terrorizer with you. Sure. On okay. Well, now here's another thing too about Terrorizer, right? Is So I was playing in Terrorizer LA because yeah. um, Pete Sandoval of, of Morbid Angel fame, of course, right? Has like, he plays under the original Terrorizer name um and uh and that's all good that's great um so we were doing oscar garcia's version he was the singer and wrote you know maybe half the tunes on the original album so we were playing as terrorizer la so i'm actually the first ever drummer for terrorizer la nice <laughs> um, and, and there's only two of us so i guess um all things told there's ever only been three kind of terrorizer related drummers Pete sandoval me and and adam Human. wow wow yeah and the live uh there's like a couple youtube videos of you playing and it's a great angle where you can see what you're playing on drums, but you can also see the audience going. I think it's the nuts. that's the Roxy one, I think. Yeah, I watched that the other day, just getting ready for today, and I was like yeah. into it. It's a great fucking video. Yeah. Thanks, dude. And you know what? I'll I'll point you guys towards this too. We played a fest in um uh in, in Oakland. What the hell was that fest called? Do you guys remember? Because I think Exhausted Prayer played too. Dead no. Third fest. Uh, Dead fest. Dead. Dead fest. Yeah, Greg Stephorn, uh, I think. I don't remember, but there is a terrorizer like um, band camp for a live recording we did of the album in its entirety from that fest. And everybody was exhausted. It was like four billion degrees in the venue. We were like the last act to play. And like it was like zero energy. And it was the best we ever played. Oh, um, and it's all recorded and, um, you know, mixed by our buddy Avinash, uh, who lives up in the open area, who is involved in, the, uh, you know, a lot in the scene and stuff. Um, Dude, so anybody awesome. who has a chance interested in me or my drumming or terrorizer stuff check out that live terrorizer recording from oakland it's sweet fuck yeah fuck yeah oh yeah yeah dude, I'm, i mean dude i'm super honored i full disclosure you just gave some full disclosure i had no idea that you had drummed for them you know i went into this it, it's hard for me to uh gather all the information for these things you know with three kids and 50 plus hours a week and all that shit. I tr I really try and I did squeeze in a, a good amount of your guys' material before this and uh, but I didn't know that and I love that. I really do love that because I'm a big grind fan and and uh, Terrorizer was one of those bands for me that that still to this day I put on that record and I fucking rock the yeah, fuck man, it's, out, it's dude. Killer record. I I, I subbed uh, I subbed here and there for um, Phobia too, playing a few of their uh, shows uh, on and off kind of. So I sick. I've, you know, I can play like kind of fast enough. I've always had like real fast hands. So there have been a few bands where they're like, dude, let's, can this guy come in and like fill in or help out or whatever? Um, Cause I can, you know, play fast as fuck drums. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, the last show that Joel and I went to, well, I don't know yeah. if you went to a show after that, but we saw Phobia in my hometown. They played a, a Winter's Tavern. And yep. that was the last gig that I was able to go to before uh, everything shut down. But oh, yeah, dude, Phobia um, rips too. Dude, I might without down in San Diego County. No, this is no. Uh, up in Bay Area, uh, right oh, south okay. of San Francisco and Pacific. Basically, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was on mushrooms for that. It was pretty. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was the best show ever. <laughs> dude, it actually, oh, yeah. we had a fucking. No, it was great actually. Time, they dude. had like a. They had a full barbecue for like a free food and shit in the back and like. Yeah, it, dude, it was awesome, man. It was, I, yeah. I I played with them out in Hawaii, which is crazy because like oh, nobody plays in Hawaii, right? Yeah. But yeah. somehow, like, they have, like, um, in Oahu, like, they had their, like, kind of grind punk scene, which isn't huge, but not bad, right? And um, uh -huh. they flew Phobia out there for, like, two shows. 
Um, very interesting, dude. Nobody plays Hawaii. So like, that was pretty sweet. Where did you play? I have, I have a serious question because I need, I need to know if there's another death metal or metal guy out there that wears sandals. Did you see anybody wearing sandals at those shows, dude? Oh, well, you know what? There's definitely kind of like an Island vibe coming from all the dudes. I mean, there's a laid backness. The second you get off the plane into the airport, it's just like coming from LA or whatever. It's just like, Whoa, the vibe is way more chill. Yeah, um, yeah. so i don't remember any footwear exactly but it was it was chill it, it, it was it was chill vibes i was also at that time and we were all uh, uh you know three sheets to the wind most of the time as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so, so anthony you want to you want to tell him why you asked that question or well because i'm i'm the sandal guy dude i, I wear sandals all the fucking time and i get so much shit for it i, I can't wear uh, on stage the bass player no, no, he, does, no, he did a whole tour <laughs> I do a whole, I do both, yeah. both of the full scale tours, all the, all the performances I've done, like 99% of the shows that I've done are in sandals or barefoot. Dude, it, it was, what, give, what gives him more fuel is telling him he can't do it. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. We should have never done I go that. out and buy a new pair as soon as somebody tells me I can't wear them, dude. I go buy well, another pair. I mean, there's nothing more brutal than you sing this brutal death metal band and there's a front monitor and the singer's growling, puts his foot up there and you just see these toes, right? Yeah, dude, face. my yeah, athlete's yeah. foot, my <laughs> unclipped oh, toenails, yeah. dude. I mean, it is pretty brutal if you think about it. You know? No, I've seen, bass, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen bass players in particular, I think somehow like I've seen like shoeless for the most part. I don't know what's the dude, deal with that. Actually, yeah, like, yeah. I was just about to bring up the bass player Gorod. It, yeah, it's almost like they want to like dig into the earth more to just like yeah or something i, don't, yeah, I kind of respect yeah. it totally <laughs> yeah 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 well, barefoot's that's cool that's the only way we'll be able to hear ourselves on stage is actually through our feet because <laughs> yeah monitor situation sucks for bass yeah, yeah rub, rubber just like dampens it you need like you need straight from the body like down your bones into the stage and you can feel that vibration better physics bro and all you motherfuckers know that you smelt your dirty ass socks on all the tours in your bags and where were mine <laughs> mine were fucking nowhere i had no socks no smelly okay. socks in my bag dude sick, the whole dude. Fucking sick tour. dude let's tour in january let's put that to the test well i'm looking for steel dude steel toe sandals for work and <laughs> and, and toe warming sandals for fucking january yeah, right on the gamut there dude yeah <laughs> may i suggest crocs vibrams dude those vibrams just get the front of the vibrams and put like fucking cotton yeah. in them and just stick my toes all right enough all right of that. I'm, gonna so, see, I'm gonna see anthony in the next fucking shark tank fucking trying to <laughs> I, I wanted to interject so i remember playing shows with you guys like back in the day you know like i'm like multiple times we totally back in the day right oh, like, oh, you, oh you played up there i'm in aptos right now yeah it was ex exhumed decrepit birth and exhaust oh, fair. fuck yeah Sick. dude that's so good that's right yeah yeah fuck yeah and, uh, right, let's hear about we, that let's hear it we have been just real quick that was we, like the, the first exhausted prayer tour maybe yeah oh really fuck yeah that might have been yeah uh oh, but yeah I, I just remember we played that we played that show our buddy elias he, he maybe hooked us up with that was that he was that the Blue Lagoon? Was that the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz? No, it, 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 it was the Aptos Club. Club. He said Aptos Bar. Yeah, it's like it's like like Santa Cruz or something. It was yeah, exhumed we, and decrepit. It was cool. Exhumed, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, we scored yeah. on that one. That was cool. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, it was like yeah, the first day of the exhumed tour or some shit. And yeah, we got hooked up with yeah, exhumed. I remember that. First time in Mexico, we replaced exhumed. And the show was like totally fucking sold out because like supposed to be exhumed, but maybe they put us 
because we had an EX in our name too. Less work to do to change the flyer. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember yeah. that was such a sick show, dude. That was so fun. I might have found it October 27th. 2005 exhumed played aptos club if you guys were on that bill i think that's probably it dude probably yeah 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 for sure it was yeah. early up. we used to play shows with you guys in la too i think in san diego and stuff i feel like oh yeah yeah san diego a bunch a bunch yeah, like, Playhouse. yeah. grave rot shows a lot like with yeah trish, grave rot right? yeah trish and the, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, oh yeah. trish yeah, totally yeah, dude yep, yep. yeah yeah holy shit yeah man yeah, i remember yeah, we were around dude. in california for a long time yeah, yeah, or, yeah. 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 The early yeah. 2000s, like Mex Mexico and San Diego were our spots more so than LA. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. San Diego more than LA. I think I went yeah. to a lot of shows you guys played at, also like oh, beyond cool. the ones we did together. But oh, I, great, great. You know what I mean, yeah, I remember like way back, like oh, so were you living? You were living in San Diego. Yeah, I'm from San Diego. I'm here now. Oh, oh yeah, so. yeah, cool. But, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We, we were you played up there maybe uh, with the with the, the decrepit birth and shit. Yeah. For sure, dude. Did you guys play Brick by Brick at any time with us? Or like, um, no, we never played Brick by Brick. brick. Mm -hmm. We played with Sleep Terror. terror. Mm -hmm. I would think I was at that show. Yeah, yeah. we, yeah, yeah. that's what. Oh, with, was, was it with Decrepit or sorry, uh, Scourge? I don't know if the it was Sleep Terror. I remember, like, yeah, yeah. Scourge, yeah. does Scourge play that? I think I was there, yeah. but we didn't play. Okay, okay. I don't know why. Anyways, we played but, some shows with Discord for sure. We played at Tijuana at the Hard Rock Cafe with Discord one time. That was badass. That oh, was man. awesome. Did you guys yeah, like remember was... way better than we do with shows? <laughs> like, I'm so bad. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I'm the worst, yeah, dude. It's like a blur. It's crazy. I don't. I guess. I yeah. You know, th th there are certain ones where we've like told the tale of the show like yeah. over the years or something enough that like we remember it now or we remember whatever version it is that we've created over the years <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> totally. if there's not a, like the aptos club i think we heard that there was like a meth lab in it some years later and they had to shut it down oh yeah. lord i didn't hear that that yeah. could be true i think they uh, might have been selling coke or something i don't know if it was like a meth lab yeah yeah totally yeah they get bouncers they got drugs the bodies under that place man it's like uh yeah that place serves that place is called the it's called burger it's called burger period is the name of it now and <laughs> yeah, yeah. literally like i could walk there in like eight minutes from where oh I'm at wow right yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and it literally cool. this super bomb burgers now and it's all like done up now the, everything's the same though and i just look over at the corner where the stage used to be and i'm like i used to fucking get down on that fucking thing yeah it's that's like, not now just, that's just true. like yeah. a mom and mom and son like eating their burgers now out there i'm like oh, that's fucking yeah, weird weird <laughs> yeah weird <laughs> That's, a, that's like for some reason that place is like where everyone meets each other like i've like yeah you met uh, we, we we met you there i met james yeah, yeah, king exactly. there and then paul ryan and origin guys and all that yeah, and yeah. just like that was a trip man but uh yeah. that's so cool spot. that you guys played that show dude that's sick i like totally i was actually like looking up flyers but i couldn't find you know it's it was so long ago i can't it does make yeah, me sad yeah, like, on how many flyers that I should have kept that I don't I have. Yeah. yeah. Can't find them on fucking line anywhere, dude. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there should be an internet archive for fucking black metal shows. <laughs> yeah. Underground, yeah, yeah. death metal shows. Yeah. Showcase theater and the whiskey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The showcase, dude. That yeah, showcase, good. man. Good times out there. That sure. place yeah. was, was so fun. Like, so great. Time yeah yeah Did you guys ever get up to the pound yeah. no we we asked a, oh no no i'm sorry oh, I was so, brick by brick no that was my I, bad i never played the pound the sf yeah i didn't yeah. you guys ever get up to I that venue there, yeah. i feel like we played uh, maybe, there once i i did uh shoot maybe played, dream does play there or something played there. 
Yeah, yeah, I think Dreamy does play there a few times, maybe like on like a national tour or something, because Pound's kind of bigger, right? No, it was. Uh, well, no, it's Brick by Brick that's the bigger one. They're the kind of similar, actually. I like think of them as the same place. I get them mixed up. The Pound. That's and probably why I'm like, well, yeah. They're like the they're same thing. Basically, the same size. Just yeah. San Diego well, and Brick, SF version. Brick of by each Brick other. is uh, like the um, Sea World exit. Like, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I think so, they're yeah, still so, around. Um, yeah. God, the Pound. I don't know. I, I was just hearing you guys talk about the showcase and I was like, okay, there's just a venue that we have in common there. I was just wondering if you guys had that one up here. Well, yeah. what was the place like Northern San Diego County, like inland a little bit? Turtle. What the place is that? Oh, jumping the jump, turtle? jumping turtle in San Marcos. Turtle. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, well, exhaugh Prayer never played there, but I don't know. It just kind of popped in. All those head. places are gone now. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's going to be even like worse now. Yeah. Jumping yeah. turtles, the long, longer, narrow one with this like, stage on the side right and you're facing the bar is is that how the jump yes yes up? yes yes like and and it's a small floor like maybe not even eight rows of people 10 rows of people could go back before yeah the bar. yeah yeah but there's like more nooks and crannies to the bar yeah it's like a wide it's like a longer narrow type venue where mm -hmm. it's wider than deep when you're on stage I don't yes know, maybe, maybe I, no i think that's right though yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like this i'm like directing fucking yeah, yeah, totally, airplanes yeah. fucking Walk like walking like an egyptian and shit, yeah. dude. And some bangles going on just... <laughs> i like that song actually i love, I love that song by the way it's a fucking awesome song. Yeah, the bangles are great yeah <laughs> uh, i listen to like classic rock radio all day i drive for lift and stuff so i listen to like classic yeah. rock all day like, they, they, you know, they play that song every two hours, and I'm stoked every time it comes on. <laughs> nice. One of those jamming songs. That, yeah, it's fucking badass. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm curious. What are your like your your some of your guys' top musical influences? I I tend to seem to keep asking this question to our guests. I guess I'm that guy. So uh, like, what's like, like I guess we'll start with uh, Mike. Like, who like who are your like biggest influences? Like with any instrument really but drums or whatever yeah sure sure i mean and again like i i you know i've always composed music for exhaust but i started playing guitar before like drums and stuff you know nice. I just drum, yeah i overtook guitar with drums at some point mostly because i was needed as a drummer in bands <laughs> same um, thing with me actually yeah yes yeah yeah relatable yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah no it, it happens it happens for sure but um you know for like exhausted prayer early on i mean definitely the black metal stuff like emperor um, mm -hmm. And even Cradle of Filth early on. And for also sure. oh, yeah. um, for my drumming, you know, like Nick Barker's drumming on early Cradle of Filth. Like, I yeah. love his drumming. I love his drumming on Lockup, too. Me, too. Brilliant. One of my faves. I love going exactly for how that guy's playing drums. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, caught some Cradle vibes. I caught some early Dimu vibes at times. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, like, that, that melodic and, well, Nor you know, Norwegian. Yes, Adrian Erlinson from At the Gates. I mean, like I do a lot of thrash, duka 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 duka, real oh, fast. Yeah, so you got, totally. we you know we saw, we call it At the Gates beat or Slayer beat, you know. Um, so you know that kind of stuff. But also early on, um, you know, by the time you know we, we were getting exhausted prayer going like late high school, and then we were kind of into college ages and stuff. We we're all listening to, like jazz and stuff. Um, uh, so I mean, I love like, like Miles Davis, classical music, John Coltrane. I mean, like the whole gamut. Also. Uh, like fusion jazz or whatever as well you know yeah, um but uh also like for me and for exhausted prayer writing like yes and like progressive mm -hmm. rock i mean yes is one of my favorite bands like just three of their albums kind of sure. but um you know uh i speak for myself but i think the other guys too probably a little bit but you know when i structure a long song and some of these exhausted prayer songs are like six seven eight minutes long i think maybe mine clock up to the longest 
I'm, I think a big influence is definitely progressive rock and like kind of yes. And I'm going in terms of like arranging the song in that way um, with, you know, the metal kind of sound or whatever. Um, and then I think as, as Exhausted Prayer has evolved, uh, kind of, and I've learned more about harmony, um, approaching more like jazz harmony and seeing how to incorporate that in the extreme metal context that we work in is something that I'm kind of got going now, but um, Emperor at the Gates, Slayer, even Metallica and Megadeth early on as I was younger, Cannibal Corpse, Deicide. Um, yeah. Sick. Typo negative. What about you, buddy? <laughs> oh, yeah, Swan one song. of my favorite bands. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. What about you, Swan Song? Um, yeah, pretty much all everything he said. Um, definitely into to prog rock and classic rock. Um, and uh, but yeah, typo negative. I mean, it's it's kind of funny um, when I haven't listened to some of our albums in a long time, then I listen to them, and it's like I hear, yeah, different influences. But yeah, for there was for a while, maybe five years in the early two thousands, where uh, I pretty much only wore typo negative shirts. I had like ten of them, um, so th they were a huge influence on me. Um, Never listened to them. Um, and not one song, not one song, Joseph. Not one. Tell me you didn't see Bloody Kisses and and uh, like blockbuster music, and you didn't didn't listen he's, to that. Well, he's. We're, <laughs> we're, 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 I don't even know. We're older. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a little older. Yeah. 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 I missed yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah, we're like. Come on, so man! What the fuck's yeah. blockbuster music? music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember blockbuster, but <laughs> let's go to Warehouse in Circuit City, and then after yeah, we'll go to Blockbuster and some movies. Meet up with Swing by. Yeah. I do remember <laughs> Sam Goody at the mall. But. Okay, well, yeah. 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 oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. yeah, I mean, um, Enslaved is a huge one. Um, uh, some people have compared us to them, um, which I guess is not quite subliminal. But uh, uh, I'll inject. Uh, you can uh, continue with it. Sounds Opeth, I think, is an influence yeah. for us too. And, and for speaking sure. of a band that's also yeah. extreme metal, but influenced by prog rock, clearly. For sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Totally, dude. Yeah, um, pre damn uh, Sorry, Martin Lopez. Martin, <laughs> yeah. Martin Lopez drumming for uh, Opeth, yeah. for Opeth too. Big for me. Nice. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? I mean, I had a pretty pretty long jazz phase um, where I got super into Lester Young, um, and everyone's like Coltrane, Davis, but like going back into the '40s and even the mm -hmm. '30s and like early Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker and. Mm -hmm. um, just how uh, Max Roach, Art Blakey, like those guys played the blasts before anybody. Oh yeah, that's um, what I, I was saying. I think a lot of people don't appreciate like how intense that music was and just how much conversation and absolutely the new ideas and and the idea that you'd like yeah, take yeah. snippets of songs that that like people heard and then you just totally mm -hmm. throw them uh, on their head and, and yeah. be able to speak through the music. So I, I feel that's a pretty big uh, thing for me. Um, I mean Indian music, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. See what else. Um, I mean, uh, 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 like early alternative stuff, like Hum. Uh, there's a band, uh, Arctic Sleep, that's kind of a, a Hum worship um, failure. Um, like we definitely um, grew up in the alternative scene. Um, like sound, yeah, Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, yeah, Soundgarden was a, was a pretty big one for me. Um, just mm -hmm. hearing the alternate tunings, and I was like, always like, okay, this new song came mm -hmm. out. Let me figure out the tuning. So I'd hear it on Saturday Night Live before the album came out. I'm like, all right, I was the first person to put the tab up for Pretty News and. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, crazy. Yeah, claim <laughs> fame. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you were that famous. I probably, I probably, <laughs> how did I never hear that? <laughs> I, probably look, I probably looked at it. I probably looked at it. Damn, dude. Yeah. yeah you know, the, the ASCII guitar in it. That's that was me. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm pretty open to, to anything. I mean, I guess early on, um, I, I studied classical piano um, and I gravitated towards like the dark kind of uh, ethereal stuff like WC and Rachmaninoff, Prokofiev. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I started playing like all this like heavy stuff when I was just like mm. six and seven. And my mom was just like, why don't you want to play like fun songs? And I was like, I just like the, 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 the feel. So I, I, those were kind of like the early influences for me. And so when I discovered metal, I was like, all right, I'm already I'm already there. You were, you were black metal before you knew it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> much. I, I have like an ongoing question. Like, what's like the most I mean, of course, like Beethoven and all the all the like shit you hear like all the time, which is amazing. But what do you think is like the most intensely dark classical music like? You know, talking about the different, obviously, the the, the Russian composers and the, the yeah, different, yeah. you know. Well, there's a lot, um, but there's particularly yeah. the first guy that comes to mind is um, I forgot his first name, but his last name is Jesualdo. Um, and he wrote these uh, choral uh, uh, motets. It's like early Renaissance stuff, but apparently he like killed his adulterous lover, and to avoid getting like thrown in jail, he, he walled himself up in his his castle. Um, so he was like a some like no, nobleman. Um, and he just wrote these like twisted, really fucked up uh, harmonies, and like you got to check it out. G E S U A L D O. It's like the most insane. Like you, you, it's, he's like centuries ahead of his time. Like just really crazy stuff with like dark lyrics, like about like wanting to kill himself and that no one loves him and all this stuff. And it's like it's the most twisted stuff. Um, what so that's, time that's, period uh, is this from? I think it's uh, like 1400s, 1500s. Jesus, that's wow. like right after the Black um, Plague. Yeah, I might be wrong, maybe a little bit later. But um, yeah, it's, so it's he very invented early. black metal, basically. <laughs> yeah. Dark metal, maybe. Yeah. Dark metal, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like more, more teeth before more teeth. Yeah, enough. Like Prelude C sharp minor. Dungeon synth. I mean, you got yeah. the backstory, you got the music, you got you know the death, yeah. the murder. I mean, it's just you know. Chris, did you say that maybe this guy from the 1400s, maybe he is more teeth? It is more teeth. It is more Yeah. Oh, Damn, wow, man. Dude. Imagine living back in those days, dude. It'd be rough. I know, dude. Yeah, but, Carlo yeah. Gesualdo, uh, late 1500s. Bring yeah, out okay. your dead. Yeah. Bring That's out like your after dead. After Baroque, dude. whatever. Yeah. What or, is that? That Imani Python during, opening? Uh, Bring out your dead. But that's like how it really was. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking wagon yeah. would be pulled through town and you just throw your yeah. dead family. Yeah, they got the wheelbarrow on it. You know, Casey I, I, Casey, I think one of the places to look for like dark classical is like film scores. Yeah. Well, Bernard like, Herman. Uh, oh, you know, for sure. Like, I love like it. Bram Stoker's Dracula, dude. Oh, you know? Fuck yeah, like, dude. What about like, yeah. 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 like bar talk, that kind of stuff. You're yeah, like, yeah. The 20th century stuff is the darkest shit, right? Like just musically, like the the kind of quasi-atonal stuff. Like mm -hmm. yeah, oh for sure. Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitchcock movies, you know that. Oh kind no, of totally. Stuff. And I love all that stuff so much, dude. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like yeah. the that kind of guitar, 20th century guitar, like real, like yeah, this is metal. You know, like they're doing all yeah. this mapping. That that's where it's at, man. Like yeah, I, I, yeah, fuck. yeah. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. No, I, no yeah. Yeah, because like it's yeah, they're using a lot of weird stuff, and I think the most th that is the most. I mean, the new this crazy metal shit's crazy. The progressive music that's out there now, but I think the twenty like music from the fifties, like that they were writing like that that atonal and twentieth century classical. I think that's the most like complex fucked up music. I, and like yeah. after that, they really mellowed out because they're like nobody's gonna listen to this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like for a really, really small subset of people, you know, like, I think it's pretty cool. Like, like what's that guy, uh, Sch Schoenberg? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Schoenberg. Yeah, Schoenberg. Yeah, Schoenberg. Yeah, yeah. Like, Schoenberg or whatever. Kind of yeah, yeah. I love that shit, Schoenberg. but like. Yeah, I listened to like yeah. Mod fucking. I'm yeah, gonna listen to yeah. Metallica. I think probably probably every dude on this you know chat right now is probably down for some like you know 20th century atonal fucked up shit because we're just those types of dudes or whatever. Yeah. I don't know though. Like I, I love all that stuff, but I still think like I don't know like 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 when I was in school like and I would see these piano players play at the concert hour and like doing like Beethoven shit. They're just like up and down the piano like. And I'm just like dude like what what movement is that i'd be looking on my pamphlet like jesus dude and it's just like fuck, like and i i loved all the different stuff but beethoven always got to me it was like the most like heavy or something i don't know beethoven's incredible like, dude oh, uh, yeah man dude yeah i mean there's something about beethoven stuff that like there's a reason that he's like the one or one of the ones because yeah, you hear stuff I, I, even I was, on the radio it pops out like nothing else uh, yeah. you know on the classical stage kids you know? like beethoven's the best I'm like Mozart's real playful, is virtual yeah. Virtuoso. Like, yeah. Let's just generalize and say he's the best classical yeah. musician of all time. You know, just to you know, just to throw a name out there, but General, he's yeah. more serious, you know. Bach is really old and like, you know, he's the original guy, but then Beethoven yeah. like really fucking laid it down. <laughs> Bach's like psychedelic, like tapestries, and they come, you know, it's yeah. like he invented that whole like. And he's the. I mean, I freaking love Bach. Box but, the, oh yeah, Bach's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's got some dark shit too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a little, a little more, a little more mathematical as yeah. he's kind of like putting it together, you know. But then, yeah, the right. place I really took it was great too. But we, uh, I think we all like Philip Glass from the 20th oh, century. I love minimalism, man. Yeah. I love all that stuff. Philip Glass is awesome. Yeah. Steve. We Reich. listen to all types of shit. All, like all Young. four of us listen to all, yeah. all the stuff. All the stuff. <laughs> Harry Riley, all those guys, man. Yeah, that stuff. The fucking disgorge, man. Cranial impalement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Disgorge San Diego, not Mexico, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally right. I remember yeah. Diego's like, we like challenge them to play like a like an like a like a you know a show to like you know, yeah. for the name dude they like weren't down so it's like a rap battle but it's two two yeah. discorders <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like battles this. like yeah like what my favorite shit on the youtube one of my favorite things they do like guitar battles where it's like a couple like you no know, riff wars is what it's called uh, or like this yeah. guy plays some metal riffs. It's like a rap battle but they're doing it with like fucking metal riffs. It's fucking great dude. Like that cool. they wrote yeah yeah. It's it's pretty good. Like one guy plays some shit, and then the next guy comes out. He's like, "I should whack, bro. Check out this riff." And like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah. good. Like sometimes there's there's a hype guy back there fucking making funny faces. <laughs> nice. It's really good. Like it's I mean like yeah. I'm done. It's, it's like some some metalcore guys that are playing, but they're they're good and shit. Really? So like if we're I'm on this it. if we're on this 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 progression here, Chris, like what 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 are your some of your biggest influences? Um, you know. <laughs> Well, disgorge cranial impalement. <laughs> you know, you know, like, I'm taking notes. Okay, yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if we go way back to the beginning, like, uh, what gets me into music, I would say, like, you know, Guns N' Roses, that kind of shit. But, like, in the early 90s, like, Queen and U2, like, fucking Brian May, The Edge from U2, and Slash would be like, yeah. my three most important like people for the guitar and then i went down like the route of getting into metal you know like listening to like slayer metallica and then like it just you know snowballed again into cannibal corpse like just going more and more extreme and then you know sure. i just listened to like you know i got, got into thrash in high school a lot like the old b grade that i thrashed like flotsam and jetsam and overkill and was really digging into that and then when black metal came around 
like maybe when I was 15 years old, like Mayhem kind of, they, they were they were getting some notoriety. They were in Guitar World magazine and, you know, anything at the store where that had inverted crosses and all, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you, you'd buy things based on the album cover. You look mm-hmm. like Unleashed, look kind of cool. Like I'm like, you know, because you couldn't necessarily listen to it first. It wasn't the internet. But um, yeah. yeah, so in high school, I got into the black metal, like Mayhem and Emperor and Cradle of Filth and that shit. All, my friends were all into punk. So I, I got into some of the anarchist punk, like like Crass and Conflict and Subhumans. Um, but uh, I met these guys and like, the death metal shit too. Like I got real into death metal in middle school. And then I was like, ah, oh, this is a little too brutal, man. I'm going to start like listening to thrash because I, I thought the songs were better. Yeah. Thrash songs were better than the early 90s death metal, like Deicide, Morbid Angel. But then like I got exposed to suffocation in high school and I was like, oh man, this shit's fucking the shit, man. And you know, I, I, I started getting more into death metal and then black metal was kind of big in the late nineties, more so than death metal, I think so. And then, you know, I started digging into like that shit, like emperor, yeah, fucking whatever, you know, and whatever band I could get my hands on. I was going to, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. I was just gonna ask him about the punk stuff. Cause we don't bring that up a lot on this. Um, oh, so yeah. I love crass and rudimentary peni and sub, I saw subhumans at yeah. a couple times uh-huh. and, I love that band, dude, so much. And uh, yeah, that, that's the kind of punk I'm, I'm into. Like, I, I, yeah. I appreciate a lot of it now, but like mm-hmm. back when I was in high school, I was really picky about this stuff because I'm a metal guy. Yeah, I was too. And, yeah, but the the punk, like my friends, were all into like like vegan anarchist, fucking yeah, super leftist political stuff, and like that's what I've always gravitated towards and whatnot. Um, you know, just fortunately because of my friends that I was around and whatnot. And uh, but yeah, I like mm-hmm. those bands. But now I never like the American bands, like. See, like all the LA bands, there's this rich history in this area, like Black Flag and the Circle Jerks and TSO, all those sure. bands. Like, I don't really like that sound, but now I, I kind of like it. When I hear it, I'm like, oh, shit's all right, but not the same goosebumps I get from listening yeah. to Witch or something. Bill was um, all about Black Flag. <laughs> God, you guys make me feel like such a. You guys make me feel like such a pussy like when i was in middle school it was like it was like dude offspring smashes the shit yeah yeah <laughs> dude, that, well, that, well, yeah when i was in that came out when i was in sixth or seventh grade that was the shit that was the it best was, right oh yeah the same for me yeah, absolutely. oh yeah, yeah really good album. yeah for but, me but, but, like, eight. Go ahead, but dude. like i also got butchered at birth when i was in like sixth or seventh grade and it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as extreme as it gets like yeah and that's yeah, as yeah. extreme as it gets you know like you yeah. don't get more brutal than fucking cannibal corpse <laughs> I just remember, like, no, I remember yeah. that I, I've probably brought this up before, but the uh, on that part on um, on Smash where it's all you stupid dumb, dumb shit, shit God damn, yeah. motherfucker. I remember like playing oh, that with like your yeah. parents, be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your so, mom starts pounding on the door. Yeah. What is this? Okay, so, so my aunt, who's like sixty-five years old, like she was <laughs> yeah. at, like last a couple Christmases ago, she's talking about that song. She's like. Oh yeah, you know that Offspring song when I'm driving, and I get all pissed. She's like, "That's the song I started singing." them all, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such <laughs> attitude. Yeah, yeah. For me, Bad it was a uh, the Americana album, like five years later. Oh, and, okay, yeah, yeah, and it's not nearly yeah. as extreme, but it's got that song. It's like my friend's got a girlfriend, and okay, he hates yeah, that yeah, bitch. And that song, that was right? enough for them to be like, "Nope, we're taking the CD. You can't listen oh, yeah. to it." <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Little bit of no. So multiple funny. generations of offspring fans just, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. You know what I had as a kid? Like my brother had Use Your Illusion 2, and that's like get yeah. the ring and the roses. 
that right. one's just like a, a, a freaking tirade of f-bombs and bitch cunt whatever <laughs> expletive laden tirade <laughs> yeah 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 he goes off on that one what about you will what are your big influences dude i mean you know i i started off like when i first started playing bass it was like it was a lot of flea a lot of red hot chili peppers you know sure. like, oh yeah oh yeah you know, that was of course like the coolest bass shit that you can hear on the radio you know um mm. uh, but from there i mean i went on like started getting to thrash of course like cliff burton um then i discovered uh iron maiden and like the first maiden song i heard was ace is high and i didn't i was yeah. like i didn't even know you could do that on bass like that's like that was yeah, that yeah. that was that was just like a okay. crazy impossibility, you know, um, playing <laughs> at speed. Steve Harris, and, man. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, Steve Badass. Harris just blew me away, man. And so, um, yeah, as I, I you know, I, I and St Steve Harris was pretty much it for, you know, Steve Harris has gotten me through like 15 years of playing bass. It was just like it was, <laughs> was, it was just like I just emulate Steve Harris and it got me through pretty much any situation. Um, uh, but then you know I started getting more um you know I found I found death and I found like the Steve DiGiorgio death albums. Fuck yeah. Just like that was just like you know just another yeah. level above um you know uh going from there and then um and then a big thing you know finding like um you know, like Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse um, yeah. influenced my right hand technique a lot. Um, you know, he was, it was just like, you know, just chasing that Alex Webster's tone is, is something that I still shoot for. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And then, and then, you know, like Roger Patterson from uh, Atheist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like so good. So virtuoso kind of, kind of bass playing like, and using, and, you know, not being afraid, like, you know, letting me branch out from like the Steve Harris minor pentatonic fills kind of thing. It was just like Roger Patterson just like expanded that to a whole new level. Just um, I recently you know, watched some live footage of him playing with them, dude, and and it's just yeah, next level, I, dude. I live down the street from the old Reseda Country Club, and there's just like you know shows from the old Reseda Country Club, like um, where atheists would play, and it just like. Yeah. And yeah, there's some cool rehearsal footage of them with him jamming. They had a pretty yeah. big space. And uh, yeah, he fucking rips, dude. And he, I, when you see him play, he was all the energy too. He was oh, the one oh, yeah. who was all over the stage the whole fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Playing at that at that level of intensity, just like that level of intensity would come out just on the stage and in the music. Isn't there a and video then, of him like kind of falling off the stage? Like it was like it's an open big open air festival, and like where he's like he's getting so down. Yeah. No, like, that's uh, he, no, I swear it's atheist, and he like falls. Yeah, off the but stage. it's it's homeboy from uh, he oh, put dude. on elements out the elements out. Oh, okay, okay, guys, Tony. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tony. Uh, fuck, I can't think of names right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alpine, whatever. Tony. Tony Choi is that his name? No? Tony Choi. Tony yeah. Choi. That's it. Go. Tony Choi. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, sick, and then, another sick bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, I I got to see him um, play at like uh, at one of the LA Murder Fests um, with Obituary, or you know when Atheist was playing with Obituary, and that was just like, an Obituary yeah. set, man. Fucking one of the best metal sets ever. <laughs> They're great yeah. live, dude. They're great, dude. I, did you see Obituary well at that show? Yeah, yeah, I saw Obituary at that show. Dude, they were so good. Yeah, just like I, I was. I I loved that band as a kid. And like never, you know, kind of forgot about it because they were one of the first death metal bands I heard. And seeing it with that murder fest, I was like, 
holy shit. Oh, well, this band is for real. I'm like, oh my God, they sound like, they, they sound pro, they sound better than everybody. They got that you know, fucking it, double bass shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Fuck yeah. No, it's funny, like like two bands that like I, I don't like listen to ever are like obituary and like jungle rot, but like Dreaming Dead played a show with Jungle Rod at like this wrestling arena in Philadelphia years ago, and like everybody sucked. The sound was terrible. Everybody sucked, and Jungle Rod destroyed. They were so good. Um, same thing. Terrorizer played with um, Obituary and Czech Czech Republic, and uh, I mean, I I grew up to some old school Obituary. I didn't like the vocals back when I was a kid. It was like blah, blah, like too much for me somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, do. I didn't. I didn't dig the pukey, dude. I didn't dig the pukey. I don't know what to tell you. Different <laughs> things hit you different, you know. But uh, but yeah, damn, the band slams. Something about it being like a little bit lower tempo than like some of the other extreme bands. Like I still like the fast shit, but like sometimes live and when there's other difficult things going on, the sound in the show. If it's a little more mid tempo, some of those bands totally. are slam. No, no, totally. I mean, some of those bands, like like the crazy technical bands. They, you know, depending on the sound of the venue, it's really going to really judge how the fucking band's going to do. If it's going to be a, a white noise fucking extravaganza, or if it's, and then you're waiting for the junt, like the heavy part, like the junting parts, because like that's all you can really understand. You know, really, really depends on the sound guy is huge for like that kind of like a lot of these you know, super high tempo, fast note, a lot of notes. Well, yeah. it's really dependent on the sound guy and when the, in the room. I think the Sufo guys would call them a slow obituary. <laughs> but, like, but like with the love because they love that they're they're all yeah like, yeah no it's cool it's down cool. and just crush it. yeah yeah or they just like take long time to set up or something long time to that. break down yeah yeah god <laughs> eric eric clapton thing right slow hand because he's slow hand changing guitar strings yeah, I thought it was because of his vibrato technique, and like I learned, oh, oh, it's because he fucking takes twenty minutes to change the string. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'll always love about Larry Clapton is when he plays like a power chord or something, he's always doing this. He's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm just like, there it is, there it is. <laughs> like the yeah, opposite of is the opposite <laughs> of Eric Rutan. He like changes the string in like two seconds. Oh yeah, Rutan's yeah. like a fucking shout out to Rutan for joining <laughs> yeah. Cannibal. Now. I know. Holy shit. That new Cannibal Amazing. sounds sick. I, I love hearing Cannibal with Rutan solos. Oh, he joined. He I didn't even know he joined. Good lord. Yeah, that well, new he, song he is got, sick. It's like oh, released a couple days ago. Yeah. yeah. I'll scope it. I'll, I, for me, Cannibal Corpse has been kind of like plateau, like not doing anything that really like interested me for a long time. That's what I like about Cannibal, though. They're they're just kind of like I mean. On the you guitar side of things, yeah, yeah. On the guitar side of things, they might be doing something a little different on guitar. You know, obviously the drum section is going to be pretty much Cannibal. Um, three beats, three beats yeah. always. Exactly, yeah. and uh, I mean, and it's you know been brought up where the guitar players probably don't even know they're doing. You know, they're playing in three, four times, and they're doing like a different. They're doing like a polyrhythm. <laughs> they don't even know it probably, and it just somehow meets up, and it's fucking awesome. Like um yeah i mean for me cannibal i you know it plateaued at, at uh, gore obsessed but um yeah i mean i still just go see him and i'm like they're just cannibal and they're just sure, yeah all their sound quality is great their drums their guitar their bass mm -hmm. their vocals all sound amazing like as far as like the the fucking sound that i would want i'm just like you guys are just crushing you know they're like yeah, in the pocket yeah. they just don't leave the pocket they just stay in the pocket they're just they're just there in the cannibal pocket they just do their thing and that's what gets the crowd going it's just it's like this tried and true formula when Proper i listen shit, to, when i listen to cannibal i like enter cannibal land 
and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. and i just was like and it's just like i just accepted exactly for and i just fucking love it like it's like it's like a certain and like the like the the timbre of it like corpse grinders vocals yeah. Alex Webster's bass, for, uh, just the guitar know, riffs and just the way that they do it. Like I don't even care how fast or what. It's like, it's just like, I'm like, dude, well, I, 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 I don't know. I get us, it, you know. For uh, like, I'll speak out. kind of for I'll speak for Chris and Swan Song a little bit. Like, um, like I think the Bleeding's our favorite Cannibal Corpse album. Yeah, because uh, that was the yeah. one where we feel like they they hit it with the riffs and like the songs. Like, not that we're always looking for that in death metal. Like, I want a catchy song, but like, man, they killed it on on Bleeding for me for sure. And I think probably those other two guys too. That's the most creative too. Like the bass playing really sticks out. There's all that tapping and weird shit. And like, yeah, it's the, the it's the most poppy of their albums, but it's it's yeah, it's their masterpiece. You know. Yeah, like all the That's harmonies the and the, the the crazy uh, time changes and just not the heaviest, breaks. not the heaviest, but... not the heaviest. Yeah, but all the hits are on that album. You know, um, except for Hammer Smash Face, but like. There's a couple of other ones. We're just gonna hit the cannibal, new care cannibal corpse. Yeah. I would check out the new song. It impressed me, and I haven't really felt anything coming from them for years. But this one, I'm like, fuck yeah, this new one rips. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it might be yeah, the Rutan yeah, thing. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was we'll sick. Check out. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know what's going on with uh, because actually when I found out Rutan got uh, announced, because you know we've toured with uh, Rutan. He's fucking awesome, super nice, loving dude. He is. Guy. He's a fucking yeah. cool dude. He yeah, was. The, I mean, it was. It was. Uh, we did a tour with uh, Black Dahlia, and it would just turn into a thing where I would show up to the venue. And Rutan just walk, and I'm already like just a nerd metalhead. I'm still, I'm young still. And Rutan just walks up and he's, "What's up, man? Let's go smoke a joint upstairs, man." Let's go <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, Rutan, I was like, I have to go. Like, I'm gonna go do this, obviously. <laughs> but I also have to like pretend like it's all good. Like, yeah, I do this all the time, dude. Even though I'm like it's my first. I do. Here's my good. impression of Eric Rutan. Here we go. So you're, so you're chilling yeah. you're chilling in backstage and here's rutan and he's just like sh like practicing with no not plugged in with his guitar and he's just shredding these solos and he's like ah oh, man fucking you know man i tell you dude it's cold outside fucking ah man ah oh, man. Oh, man yeah it's fucking sick dude fucking yeah man they're just like dude like shredding the whole time yeah he's just shredding and like talking it's like what's up ah man oh. but one, one of the cool things about rutan though is that I, I probably talked about it already in the podcast is that his like his like when the show is like big enough and legit enough he was like dying of some sort of flu backstage and he was like he was like joel like you got let's come wake me up he's sitting there like covered in a bunch of sweaters and stuff and like just sitting there sweating a bunch and he's got like the a, like a temperature that he needs to go to the hospital for like he needs to go to the hospital and he's like, no, just wake me up, man. I'll, I'll get up there and do it. And I was like, all right, dude. He was like, looked the worst I've ever seen a human before going on stage looked. And I would just wake him up and he'd just be like, ah, I'm just go like in pain, all the body aches and stuff. And just get up there and just fucking set up and fucking play like it was normal. And then he would turn around at his amp and just be like, ah, like it'd just be like this crumbling, like his body is falling apart. And dude, he's like, I yeah uh, on the on the exhaustive prayer tip i i gotta put it out there for uh my man chris because uh he's got a little bit of a sensitive stomach yeah uh <laughs> and over the, and 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 sometimes he would start off tour and the first show he'd drink a little too much and then he'd want to be a dumbass and go for a run the next morning because he likes to run and then he'd have some food and his stomach would be fucked up for two weeks <laughs> and then but like he would be throwing up every hour for like two weeks or some shit but he would get on stage to like play yeah yeah um, and then yeah, and then throw up right afterwards like run off stage and puke but you can with adrenaline 
you can like go oh, oh, yeah. fucking go for it and then then you puke afterwards that's what the, the routine thing would be like ah you, you can't miss this you can't miss these shows man you can't miss them like he's like <laughs> was just like that's basically like how he thought was just like i might die but you can't like for my band i can't miss the show i can't do it and i was like yeah hey, yeah yes Christ, man we, You're, like, we appreciated it deathbed yeah i know like yeah this be pretty hard um, to do it an hate eternal show without eric rutan you're like well he's sick tonight um uh so uh <laughs> oh he was the johnny same, boy's gonna sing <laughs> he was the same old rutan just got there yeah the, you gotta trip me out the most is that like he played like i watched on the front end and just he just gave the same show but then he turned around to get the water or whatever i was just like sitting there going like, <sighs> man like, just sitting there in pain for a while just like getting him like psyching himself into it and i was like we probably like, already talked about it but same thing with sean malone r.i.p when we saw oh yeah yeah Sinek in saw that. oakland he literally had to sit down in between each song and then as soon as he could he left the stage everybody was sitting around waiting for an encore and and uh you go run upstairs to go shit or puke or whatever he had to yeah do. but no he just I, I don't know what he was doing but then they were finally like guys i'm sorry but we really can't we can't yeah, do an yeah. encore right now like sean's oh yeah of, no well, they still did like an over an hour i think still even with that and I was they like, still got the job crazy. done but oh, you know yeah. they're like no extra sprinkles for you guys. You know, that's this, this is fucking Lemmy, his last show that he played. Like, oh, I, I saw that like, where he had to walk like, off, just a, right? A few songs, and he was like, "Fuck this shit!" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, man. He just died right. a few days later, right? Poor Lemmy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like what seventies, and then you know, fucking, yeah. Yeah, fucking partied out and shit. But yeah, yeah, that's Dude, a sad Le- story. Lemmy, fucking. I mean, I watched that documentary on him, and he just like straight. I mean, he did it like. I don't want to say medicinally, but that guy just did meth. Like it was just like, <laughs> like sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's just like what he did. He just like he's all, and he even told his son. There's a on the documentary, he found out his son was doing cocaine. He's like, "Why are you doing cocaine, son? Like, don't do that." He's all, "Do meth is cheaper." Oh no! <laughs> oh, like, like we do not he, condone that on this podcast. Well, obviously <laughs> we don't. Jesus, it's like it's like a fucking legendary know, human that can. That, it's like one of the only people yeah. that can can handle doing something like that and, and, oh, and, brutal. and he's the type function. of dude when he stopped doing meth is when he passed dude <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like giving up yeah. in the middle of that show was probably him literally saying <laughs> like i'm done like those people just go until they die and maybe that was yeah. his body well, literally well, let, in that show like i'm gonna let die me on meth he was just like a normal guy you know it was like yeah. it wasn't like I'm, it wasn't like a guy that you see on the street like picking his face it was just like oh um, yeah obviously with like a lifestyle like that it's just getting to baseline dude that's all yeah, it yeah. is it's yeah. getting to baseline yeah Chris, bad. It's hard to write. he played every guest gig and until he died you know yeah oh uh, yeah right? yeah like fucking for like 50 years or something <laughs> Yeah, and that, that documentary too. He got like this rent control department that like he got like in the fucking eighties or something, and it was right oh. it was right across from Rainbow, and yeah. like he literally like he it was he kept it until he died. He got it like in fucking oh, thirty wow. years ago, and it was like fucking three hundred bucks a month, and he just got controlled into it and was like, I'm staying here wow. forever. This and it's his. It was just completely with artifacts and multiple rooms of you know. It's like mostly it was like a horror, mm-hmm. like a horror of all the shit he had. And uh, yeah, he just stayed there until it's like this is where I'm staying. This is it. Like it's like literally next to like people, like that are working at the supermarket where his roommates. You know, that was like, that was basically Lemmy. He just you know, I, I you know I'm not a I'm not a big Motorhead guy and uh, musically, but after yeah, watching know. that documentary, I was like, fuck, Lemmy is a fucking badass dude. I don't know. He's like one yeah, of those he- off alien humans that just like live this lifestyle that's not sustainable for any other person except him. Or like maybe Keith Richards or like yeah, yeah Keith Richards yeah, yeah. too yeah. 
Well, Keith Richards is sober now, though, right? At least. No. So is he's he not? No oh, he's not? Okay, okay. No. I, no, I, I don't know. Either. I don't know, but I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I highly doubt it, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's like <laughs> the same type of dude. Maybe if he stops, he's going to die, dude. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he stopped yeah. drinking, but I think he's been like, yeah, I smoke a lot of weed now or something. Uh, well, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah, exactly. That'll, that'll save you from anything. He's uh, he's yeah. Cali sober. That's the term, right? Cali sober. Yeah. sober. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mike Tyson style. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I just said. <laughs> 5-MeO-DMT. That's it, dude. Oh, D-A-S. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't really dig it. I just kind of saw his picture, and I'm just making assumptions. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Tyson Farms. I'm like, what is that? You know? But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, Mike Tyson totally. But I, I had heard he's got like <clears throat> he's done a bunch of therapy and shit. Like I, I could see the ayahuasca thing being like a part of his life experience at this point. Totally was. Yeah. I've heard him talk about it on a podcast and stuff, how it changed his life. And because you see that he was such an aggressive young man. Yeah. And he went to like very compassionate, nice smell. I mean, you could still piss him off, obviously. It's still it's still in there somewhere, but he definitely has the uh his overall lifestyle is like sweet oh, yeah. and nice being like nice to people you know what imagine I mean? being mike tyson like and then you yeah. take psychedelics and you're like whoa <laughs> <laughs> like, he's all man the children <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like my life scary whoa back dude, in the day was yeah. crazy you know it's like <laughs> i don't want to do that but then he's still he's fought though right but that was a tie right that last one he just did yeah he just did whatever yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a tie but it was a tie. Ah, for, okay yeah for you know I just yeah. went to watch it and it was like he just beat the shit out of Roy Jones and was yeah. like, Oh, it's a tie. Hey, I love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch that, I don't know. So anyways, yeah. back to the music and uh and exhausted <laughs> prayer. So uh we got the new stuff. Joseph, did you want to talk about I'll let you take the lead? Oh yeah. Well, now might be a cool time to listen to a song if you guys are all into it. Yeah. Sure. You want to just do the first song on the new album? Yeah. Cool. I had to uh, pull my batteries from my uh, keyboard and put them into my uh, mouse just so that I could click <laughs> over. And I don't ask me to search shit because I don't have a keyboard. So <laughs> luckily, I already had this tab open ready to do this. So yes, yeah. nice. uh, you know, TMI, but here we go. Uh, the song is Embrace the Most Potent Autonomy. Here so this go. is unreleased, right? Yeah, yes. this is a... Uh, this is, uh, what what would you call this? The worldwide premiere or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And so when does it for? Five when does it come out? Sh- hey, you want to say something about that? If you guys have plans well, for it, TB, TB yeah. <laughs> TBA. TBA. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, cool. Mean, yeah, we're uh, we're working on it right now. You know, we uh, we're we're good at writing music and recording it and all that. We're not that great about you know promoting it and all that stuff. But we're good. in the pro. We're in the process of uh, putting together the artwork for it and kind of oh, cool. um, getting it out there in some people's hands, friends, colleagues, and stuff like that. Uh, maybe anybody that m- might want to point us in the right direction for someone who could help us with some exposure or like like printing vinyl. We'd love to have some vinyl. It costs a lot to you know press it for just four dudes. Um, so that kind of thing. We might be looking for a little help or whatever, but we're just getting it out there, getting the feelers out there. If nothing fancy happens for us, we'll release it on our own like we've done with our other stuff. Um, and probably in the next few months. Well, I know a dude in LA, my friend uh, Richard, he he works at Erica Records and, and like lays vinyl all day and, and does it for himself as well. But down to get you guys hooked up with him, you can 
definitely hook you up. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we can use all the help we can get. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome, guys. And just whoever you get, make sure they don't copyright uh, strike us for (laughs) playing this song right now. That's all we have. I know, right? Yeah. You said okay, you have some mixed coming after you, bro. We might have like extremely subtle mix changes, like extremely, extremely subtle, fix a couple tiny baby, baby, baby little things. Other than that, that means it's different. Gonna... That means it's different. That's then. different. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're good to go. Oh, there, there you go. There you go. This will never be heard again. So, yeah, we're yeah, good yeah. to go. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Here we go, guys.
Fuck yeah. Fuck okay, yeah, super dude. Sick, dude. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. It's our first I official love, track premiere on our I uh, love podcast. that. Uh, oh, uh, Mike, you're on mute. If I, I see you're talking. But uh, no, I, I like the... Um, seems like an updated kind of style of thrash on the thrash parts like it seems like it's a slayer like you know but more modern but like still still old school but still like has the new school still you know what i mean I don't know. We, we've always so we've jokingly called ourselves blash metal like <laughs> black <laughs> thrash yeah, yeah. death metal totally. so i mean that's de that's definitely like a more thrashy one or whatever that's a that's a chris tune uh, most of like all the riffs are crisp. We kind of arranged it together. Um, yeah, that's definitely just one of more of our like kind of thrashy tunes. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to us playing like the bumper type of stuff on the guitar, you know, like the kind of palm muted stuff at at the gates, big time for us. Totally. You know, fuck yeah, hell yeah. What's your favorite at the gates album? Uh, you know, for me, I mean, like a lot of people are going to say like, oh, the kind of like Slaughter more poppy one or whatever, Slaughter of the Soul. Like it's all about yeah, the yeah. I like Slaughter of the Soul. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. Me too. I mean, they have a um, yeah. Fuck. What's the album? Spirit disease. Don't forget that one. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That was, spirit disease. The, that was the vibe of that one is better, I think. But well, the, the swarm, the song, the swarm by them is like one of my favorite songs. We covered it covered that a long time ago. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> that's like nice. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, that song oh, yeah. sounded fucking good to me, man. Like it was pretty yeah, cool, yeah. dude. I could hear everything. Like the bass, I could hear. Dude, sounded sick going yeah. down. Like you know, the. This drums, the snare sounded cool. I really like the drum tone, dude. That it sounded yeah. good on my phone right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, honestly, dude, like the the vocals like stood out to me too. I mean, I like I've heard this before. Like we got a sneak peek, you know. Um, but just hearing it right now and like, I was like, man, the like that stood out to me just now. I was like, the vocals are so sick. Like, but I think that's. I think it's all. It, it, uh, I'm doing the lead vocal on this tune. I think the oh, high sick. and the the high and the low. But then the guys are the guys are backing me up or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah, we've always been about the layered vocals, and people usually call that out really quickly. They're like, "Wow, the drummer sings, and well, the guitarists yeah. sing, and um, yeah, we're like, yeah. yeah, just just always like kind of coming at you from different directions, which layers pretty awesome. well." Yeah, we we, we always kind of had this ethic from early on that like, oh, kind of anybody can go like, or nah, and like you know, mm -hmm. there's no reason to have like a singer so much or anybody else like, and we could all just kind of do it, you know? Yeah. Um. I think we liked like the impaled exhumed kind of approach early on too of like or even cradle of fills of like the growl and the high the death metal vocal and the black metal vocal you know it was kind of like mm -hmm. what jacoby was saying from deeds that they, they kind of figured it out they just sang together they just worked it out you know yeah and yeah they all learned how to do it basically with each other well the beatles all sang you know the eagles yeah. like <laughs> exactly dude yeah because multiple people were singing yeah. Not like we're the fucking yeah. Eagles or something, you know. I mean, are you the cool, uh, are Eagles you of the black Eagles metal? Eagles of death metal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the, be the Beatles hey, uh, of black metal. Eagles of flash metal. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, are you man. Call yeah. Them I have, black yeah. metal. Dude. That, oh, that was <laughs> Eagles of death metal and the Beatles of black metal. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that was the first song. That was better. the first song. That was the first song we wrote for the new record. Mm -hmm. yeah, oh, okay, song, sick. Yeah. Probably you know like four years ago or something. Three years ago, maybe. You guys uh, got a killer. Uh, you, sorry, you guys got a killer drum mix out of that. You recorded yeah. in that practice room that I used to jam with you guys at, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys got a good sound out of that room. Yeah, we've been practicing uh, recording for that's the same about twenty years. So I mean, this one actually, I'll, I'll hand it off to to Mike that he he really kept the fire burning and and like I'd done a lot of work on prior albums with mixing and uh, but he took on probably the lion's share of it. But we did meet up often and. 
go over mixes and everything. But yeah, we, I'm the, I guess I'm the most nitpicky about things, so they, they mm -hmm. kind of clown me about that. But overall, though, the direction was, was on him, and, and Heist got um, an old laptop that had all these plugins on it, basically everything you'd ever want. Um, and so, yeah, we had probably the best equipment we've ever had, uh, best mics. I invested in some, some nice ribbon mics and um, other mics. And so, like, cool. yeah, we just decided that, yeah, we could, we could pay someone to do this, but we're still just good at doing it ourselves and uh, crafting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for all the nerds out there, what kind of mics, ri ribbon mics, did you get? I'm curious. Uh, at AEA N22, um, we had um, a Heil. Uh, I forgot which which uh, mic that was. Is a, a, a the dynamic, dynamic mic. mic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we had a few condensers, um, SM57s. Sure. We just use a SM57 on the snare, right? Or do we use a Heil? SM57, dude. It's hard to beat a 57 on the snare, dude. Yeah, yeah. even it's on the Tom. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. And the, amazing, yeah. The, the kick and the snare have um, samples from, like, Easy Drummer, mm -hmm. um, sure. you know, which is, like, great, you know, drum plugins. And that's something that, like, Exhausted Pair has never done. But for me, uh, kind of, you know, engineering, mixing this, whatever, um, mm -hmm. it was it was a good option to have it, like, cut through. And, you know, we like, a blend? Played... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the blends the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, that's what they did on like Slaughter of the yeah. Soul, for instance. You know, for and their sure. thought was yeah, make yeah. it sound industrial sounding. Nowadays, you have very little blending going on. To me, yeah. it sounds like mostly just like the triggered thing or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I've always hoped that our stuff sounds like four dudes playing music, which extreme metal doesn't always. It sounds like a computer sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, prayer. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, it sounds like dudes. But I did find in getting my drum sound that no, it um, sounds good, dude. I can hear yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's it, still like a drum set and stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. Hopefully, it still sounds yeah. like that. So there's 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 a little you know recording magic. But I feel like anytime you yeah. plug a mic in and record it, there's magical things going on that people who are listening to it don't know about. And yeah, cheating yeah. this and that, whatever. I don't get too concerned about it. If you yeah. listen to the album, there's edits and stuff, but the album is mostly us playing and you know pretty proper. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! It's awesome. They I think it's a great blend. <laughs> Say it again. Sorry. I wasn't probably first take McCarthy over here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't that. That's funny. Yeah. He's I like, did, like actually they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did thirty takes of a solo improv solo today and didn't keep anything. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> those yeah, leads I, on the you know, song, yeah. those are like two hundred thirty a take, man. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. You know, uh, we've done the pre-production and. Um, I kind of learned from my uh, band House of Rabbits, uh, for whom, you know, Jess, the band leader, um, was was getting pretty like nitpicky about pre-production and stuff. And I was like, you know what, there's no better way to go than like doing pre-production for an album when you're ready to get get into the nitty gritty. You're all practiced up, um, you know, like where you had issues. And since we're going to do it ourselves, we know we were going to have issues like for the different parts of the songs and knew like, oh, this is lacking in the pre-production. So kind of knew where to go. That being said, this was the first like for real record we did with all these plugins on Chris's computer. It's kind of Chris's studio uh, for which he uh, uh, keeps me around as a engineer or some shit, I guess. I don't know how you want to put it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it ended up being good. I, I, I think that our, our, our approach was good. Again, that pre-production was uh, pretty key. Uh, and then, you know, we would have been faster about it. it. We started right when the COVID lockdown kicked in like that that week, literally like, yeah, that, February. that week i went in and started doing the drums so like the whole thing was kind of like we knew we could take our time um and we, there was experimentation going on i think next time we do this or whatever 
we could probably know more the direction we want to go in. We took a lot of time to experiment and make it sound how we how we wanted it to sound. And um, I hope that people, when they listen to it, it sounds a little bit different than a lot of metal. Like there's more mids. <laughs> we like mid range frequency. And um, as much as we like the scoop sound of stuff, um, we like our guitars to have like mids and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh fuck yeah. That's, that's kind of more of like out. our. That's kind of more of our rock and roll influence, maybe a little bit, than like our purely like death metal type influence. Yeah, <laughs> even, then, even at the gates influence, that's like yeah. the, the mids kind of stuck out with that fifty-one fifty sure. sound that they had. You know. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, Opeth turning down their their distortion yeah. or the turning down the gain. Um, in yep. Opeth, like I, that that definitely influenced me too because you can hear a lot of the complex notes and, and chords and everything too because you want to be able to hear it instead of it just being like. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. yeah. in the opposite direction where I'm like turning the game back up. Like I like was turning it down. And now I'm like fuck yeah. that shit. I'm fucking playing death metal, bro. Like if anyone's gonna turn it up, <laughs> I know. like we're the we're the band that's gonna do that. Like, Presence <laughs> at ten. Yeah, he's the the Sam off to my Isan tone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't go to ten. I keep my shit at like one o'clock. It's like everything. My whole EQ is at What's seven. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. is at seven. <laughs> yeah. well, nowadays, nowadays with all those clean boosts and stuff, you can like you can keep your gain at like four but then like you have a clean boost coming in like through like one of those like boost pedals and, oh. and slap that thing on all of a sudden it's like your gain's really at seven but it's at four in your amp yeah, yeah. yeah you right can do that with it you're driving a different stage yeah the exactly. tube screamer is a good way to do that too you know i'm saying exactly yeah exactly you well even with those nowadays like i'm, I'm you know I, I fuck around with tone a bunch but like getting like you you put your gain as low as you can in your amp and then you just do like a clean boost into it just push Push that gain stage of your amp. Just make your amp gain. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, just make your amp do the work. Yeah. Like fucking, you do the work, son. That's like cool. I don't want to, you know. Like, <laughs> or, or you can daisy chain metal zones and. and... <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. Chains. Okay, keep, man, keep all ten. Gates tone. It's the fucking. It's a. It's like a Marshall with a metal zone and a heavy metal pedal. That's uh. That's the. Yeah. Well, you said you when you first uh, came on here. You said cryptopsy. The. Cryptopsy uh, was a Mesa boogie, uh, clean with a metal zone. Yeah, obviously. Uh, whisper wow, supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whisper supremacy. Yeah. Oh, it's a metal zone or whisper supremacy? Yeah, I, th oh, I think it might have been either whisper, might have been, and then you'll beg or whisper. But I remember hearing like that was how they oh, did it. Was like a clean. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys watch Ola Unglin's channel? You know, from yeah, he plays absolutely. for the Haunted, right? Olin yeah. or Ola? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. he's like you know super popular, but uh, he does those cool videos where he like mimics those tones and he uses those heavy metal pedals and and that kind of he like explains it all. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. He to do that, but he's... a lot of guys do that, like metal zone in the effects loop. If you put the metal zone in the effects yeah. loop, yeah, 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 I've heard that too. Good. It sounds really good. Yeah, that's like, like yeah. my TV, and I was yep. like, damn, dude, does this distortion sound better than the amp's distortion? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I hate yeah. to say it, man. I use the amp distortion, but the metal zone might actually sound better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's all these like digital fucking things now. Like I, I jumped on the the fractal bandwagon and that mm -hmm. that's just another wormhole of tones and like you can have like nine amps or you know three amps at the same time with like all oh, different cool. cabs and different mic fucking placements and uh, it just yeah, like yeah. it gets like so deep into like w if you want to get into tone i mean they got you know if you want to yeah a, a wormhole I, have the, of it. I have the bias amp on my computer which me too, like, me too. It, like man i wish you could just go okay there's a good tone but you have to like tweak things and yeah, really, yeah. What I found is you got to put two mics on the cabinet. Yeah, you know? yeah. In order to make it sound good, that's the main thing. You got to fucking find the right mic placement because, yeah, like it sounds really good recorded, 
but like yeah, yeah, yeah. just listening back through my monitors i'm like this shit's kind of not as good as my line six shit you know like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. i will say line six to the top line six line, tone yeah. port sounds better to me than this fucking it's in the listen back but the bias amp is cool because you got the like all the crazy like you can change yeah. and all that shit like i'm not, I'm not doing yeah you shit. could literally have like two amps with two different cabinets with four mics and fucking like you know like yeah. an eq on each side eqs on each side like a 12 band whatever or 10 band each eq on each side and like it just gets so deep into like I, you know the shit you yeah. can fucking do but i mean but the thing is though you'll find that when you start getting in like going down that realm you find a tone you love and then you wake up one morning and you hate it and and then you're yeah, like yeah, oh yeah, i want to yeah, you know because you have all the fucking amps at your fucking fingertips you're like well you, you, maybe we'll try out know? yeah yeah we'll try well, an angle with the with the diesel with the fucking mesa cab oh, and a, isn't it kind a of like cab <laughs> isn't it like comparing like like acoustic drums to like triggers and they're ne neither of them are like well acoustic drums can be but they have to be manipulated to sound in metal the way that you might want mm -hmm. yeah. like it's like, like kind of like that like digital amp and then like real amp like what if we combine yeah. the two do people do that at all like line and tone mixed with well like, you oh yeah kind of because i know that some yeah because you're using people, rack gear too like i don't know because people, people reamp right people yeah then you have best of both worlds you got like the real sound and you got the oh, tight yeah. like line in do well people, people do will, that or like people will take their people will take their line signal like they'll mic up their cab or whatever right with their like guitar tone but they'll also take their like line clean signal or whatever and then maybe like do something reamp it later or use like a mm -hmm. tone from you know bias amp or whatever i don't yeah, know i play yeah, the yeah. drums i play the drums <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, engineer the, I engineer the album but i really just kind of play the fucking drums <laughs> cool if it's like a blended tone like like yeah, half it, synthetic half real yeah. you know, it's such a cyborg fucking addiction of like, well yeah. check this out check this out on the song we just listened to um there's a lot of chord going on right and like but there's also this kind of like duh, 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 there's like this kind of melody line going on in the chords or whatever mm -hmm. and i wasn't hearing it coming through enough right so then i'm thinking about the steely dan documentary like i watched and they had this guitar line that wasn't coming through, so they played like a fucking some goofy little keyboard thing over it, like do 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 do, and you'd never yeah. know it, but it makes the guitar pop. So I was like, dude, interesting. Play yeah. play that note, that melody note from the chord progression. Play like yeah. the octave for like the first three sections of the song to like get totally. that note popping through. So like, yeah. Yeah. you know, like we're not gonna. That's is that a cheat or is that just like good like recording shit? You know, or maybe the songwriting Crazy. wasn't that good yeah. and we needed should have written it better so that the composition was better and it came through better but whatever we went in there and played a fucking octave and i kind of like yeah. that you know I like i imagine it's awesome i want to be like yeah, yeah horrible like, guitar song too but it sounds good <laughs> i want to be like, like the. it's composition man it's just yeah 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 and i think it's like composing in the studio too to like maximize how you want your song to sound like like what what can mm -hmm. we like reach to to make it sound good and if i'm trying to follow the steely dan guys then I'm, i feel like i'm good yeah. Well, you said, uh, Chris said uh, earlier that uh, U2 was a big influence, and I watched a U2 gear, whatever, the gear breakdown of U2 live. Yeah, and it's like, I saw it too, I think. Yeah, it's like they literally have, he has a he has a row of amplifiers in the back, like, that are mi each mic'd, and they're, like, from, like, 1976, 1962, <laughs> 1990, and, like, he has each amp, like, ready to go, and he really? hits a pedal, and it activates a fucking mic to get uh, the exact amp of what the fuck he's trying to get that's like yeah. when you got that kind of like fuck you money it's just like dude yeah. i want i want the sound dude like, like i don't want a fucking emulation yeah. you know dude, i like the thing about the edge he doesn't swap out his pickups or anything when he buys a guitar he just keeps it stock 
He like yeah, yeah, he yeah. buys it at the store. And he's like, I like this shit. He doesn't do any modifications or anything. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Because that is totally. Cool. You know, a guitar like when Fender builds a guitar, like I think they probably know better than me what belongs inside that guitar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like I'm just gonna grab this fucking two thousand dollar guitar and be like, I'll be slapping these pickups. Yeah, these are the ones that I fuck. I don't fucking know, man. Like you know. Like, <laughs> I just think they have more experience with that shit. Like, I, I've hot-rotted all my guitars and shit, but, like, the original shit that was in them was pretty fucking good, you yeah, know? Yeah, and it's totally moldable through your amp and through whatever EQ, whatever you have. Like, it's totally... Yeah. You can use it. You can definitely use it. Like, it's not... I know, like, it's getting, like, the fancy pickups is, like, the new cool thing nowadays, but it's, like, you could make the... I mean, with all the shit out there nowadays, you can make it sound however the fuck you want it to make it sound. Yeah. You don't need all the fucking fancy fucking dressing on it you well, know what i mean yeah it's the player not the gear you know right like, exactly but yeah my buddy like okay, i got a friend who plays with the basic ibanez guitar fucking um you know it's got that rg2 set or whatever rg570 mm. like stock pickups sounds yeah. fucking amazing i'm swapping out all this shit putting these different pickups and he's just got yeah. the stock ibanez pickup sounds fucking amazing great guitar player you know totally totally fan. came across this uh came across this miles davis <laughs> quote, I like I don't even know if it's like really a Miles <laughs> Davis quote, but I like it and I want it to be. But it's like, um, it's the twenty percent the note, eighty percent the motherfucker that's playing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, oh, yeah. Dimebag. I mean, Dimebag is one of those sounds that I would never want for myself, but for him, <laughs> it was like it sounded great. But like to me, it was like if you if I try to emulate and jam on it, I'm like that sounds like shit. But like live he fucking owned it and that was his tone and like that just he just made it his tone and they sound amazing i saw it live they sound fucking Me phenomenal too. exactly fucking, yeah. <laughs> chris, my first concert <laughs> yeah, do you remember exactly. this guitar chris that you sold me back in the day oh, yeah dude, this is my first guitar first electric this is guitar chris's yeah. first guitar yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn looks like it's got a mod yeah, see, done to it yeah swapped out that pickup man it's a fucking demarzio tone zone in there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Tone zone. And, and then yeah and then i've got like there's some fucking Demarzio like uh like single coils in there that are good fucking good pickups. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. Sounds great to me. Yeah, I love that thing, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> single awesome. coils are really good too. They're yeah, like yeah. they're sure. like classic. I don't know what they are. There's some sort of Demarzio single coils. They're fucking mm -hmm. badass. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Just going back to that era when we were jamming, I remember that was also when I was learning Discord material to jam with Diego for Divinely oh, Vomit. Yeah. And Chris was like, yeah, I fucking love Disgorge. They're like my favorite old school death metal band or, you know, at the time, like, uh, it just really was like one of those things that kept me going and like- I just linked it right now. Sorry, Chris, you had a vomit issue and your one of your favorite death metal bands is Disgorge, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were you were you were helping me, Aww. you know, psyching me up to learn that. Dude, that is a huge cat. Holy shit! Loving that fancy <laughs> feast, dude. Yeah. He doesn't need that much. He doesn't even need that much. Belly's all for him. He's freaking out. It smells like a skunk. I don't know what happened. Like, <laughs> like all the doors and windows are closed here, but. Either his poop really smells from across the house or there's a skunk right outside my window, but I think that's what he's trying to tell me. He's like, something's wrong over here. Uh, or somebody smoking some reefer right outside my window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blowing it's like cat. It's like ant. Catnip. I tried to, get, tried to get my dog to make a cameo, and he was just like, no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
like <laughs> like nod down he's like go away <laughs> oh, he just barks like randomly like bah, bah. Yeah, no, <laughs> i totally, can see casey yeah. like trying to mute his microphone i'm like where's the mute button yeah he's oh no he yeah he attacks my door all the time then yeah well fuck yeah so i mean uh i mean obviously covid's going on but um what's your guys's plan once once everything you know like opens up and you guys can play shows again are you guys just sticking to the trying to jump on bills do you guys have a want to do a west coast run or something like that or what I, are you guys trying to do i would hope that um we would do kind of our same thing and um yeah hop on shows locally you know we've got um buddies from up and down the coast that might like tour down here and like we'll hop on the show like with them you know like we'll do that kind of stuff we'll we'll hop on local shows when we get a chance and um i would it's been a while so i would love to get up and down the west coast at some point do our week and a half to two week run keep that going and if any better things come our way or whatever that's great we'll, we'll keep doing this shit you know kind of yeah fucking regardless of whatever else is going on but i can't wait until covid's over and um that part of my life of being going to shows and being around like heavy metal people and stuff and doing my art scene shit uh i really look forward to that <laughs> how weird is, how weird is that first show gonna be though that first it's be like it's gonna be a trip it's gonna be like because I, I go to like you know i probably go to four shows a month you know that's probably like my average and mm -hmm. like i haven't gone to a show in you know since what february like <laughs> it's february now it's february now yeah, yeah. it's insane it's gonna be the best show you've ever been to yeah it's gonna be so much fun i was like dude i'm gonna be yeah. like the opening band that totally like in my humble opinion like blows and i can't even get down to it i'm gonna be getting down to it <laughs> oh I yeah, think, yeah i think we're all gonna cry to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe, first oh, show yeah. either you go to or play to you're gonna be like Oh my god, I miss it so I know. Much. That man. first chord, so that sick. first actual live chord that gets hit with the drums, you're like, what the fuck uh, is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I, mosh I, like I've never moshed before. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, yeah, fucking distorted guitars, drums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna exactly wow. walking there. You're gonna be like, dude, it's so loud, dude. Why is this so my, loud, yeah. dude? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, my ears are like, yeah. They have, yeah. my ears haven't rung like really badly <laughs> like yeah. like they were usually like three times a week throughout my life it hasn't happened yeah. in a long time actually it's just gonna be like horrible sound in a death metal band playing you're gonna be like i actually listen to this shit man fuck <laughs> <laughs> this is the stuff i'm into <laughs> yeah we might come, we might come back and be like wait a second what <laughs> why are we playing this shit this is dumb yeah, whoa. <laughs> yeah. what were we thinking yeah it's all <laughs> yeah it's all loud <laughs> Yeah, I miss coming home and just fucking my ears ringing brutally and just have like, that was a crazy show and going to bed and just waking up the next day. My ears are still ringing. Oh, yeah. yeah just a you fucking whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Funny <laughs> thing is, it never happened when I played shows, but when I went to them. <laughs> yeah. Like, t-shirts kind of like, t-shirts kind of wet. I'm up way too late at night. Yeah, my ears yeah, really, yeah. really bad. I can't wind down. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wind down. Probably listening What's to a that? couple CDs that I bought that night. I'm, yeah. But my ears are ringing through the whole time. Like, but mm. you're still like oh dude that was so sick Fuck it's like yeah. what mike was saying like your shirt's wet but you didn't like mosh yeah. at all like you're like oh it's just all the dudes <laughs> just the moisture <laughs> yeah there's it, just enough dudes in the bar that's all you need <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's like fucking metal dude do like <laughs> do the dude i don't i don't go i don't go in the pit but my t-shirt is wet after that's what i'm saying like, yeah, 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 totally, like, yeah exactly soaked why can i ring it out it's like oh the shirtless guy kept running into me that's and like rubbing his all the shit, shit. Huh? yeah, yeah totally, totally. Yeah. 
Moss, always, is, moss is growing in the corners of the building. <laughs> there's always those wet guys that bump into you with the wristbands oh, and they're all wet. And you're like, ah, oh, man. Fucking wet guys. His wristband's helping him, but it's not doing a whole lot for me. <laughs> I miss the wet fucking dude. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, all this, all yeah, this right stuff now, we're describing, yeah. all the stuff we're describing sucks, one might think, but yeah, I want it. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, I want to miss it. Yeah, asking for those aspects too. Totally. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Catch my first exhausted prayer show. I'm really pissed. I didn't ever get to. Well, I could have, to be honest, but yeah, I, I'm beating myself up for not making it out to the shows that you guys played when I was a fan, and now I just can't wait to see you guys live and hear this material live. And dude, I'll fucking write up a review of the new album and post it on the cali death blog so you know check, we'll we'll check that out the and uh, yeah and uh yeah. <clears throat> yeah closing words and then maybe i was thinking we could like play another song and that'll be like the end of the episode and we'll do that sure yeah outro kind of how's that sound why not yeah great yeah, dude. So it was really cool meeting you guys. Uh, now I was just gonna say, now that you're on my radar, I can't wait to see you guys live too and meet in person. Fuck yeah. this is please, fucking... please, great, great talking. Thanks for having us. Yeah, dude. Yeah, definitely yeah. learned a lot and, and awesome, super man. interesting fucking backgrounds so and all that cool shit, dude. Like, yeah, that sitar was fucking dope, dude. <laughs> dude, that was a while ago. I forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> that was still the highlight. I took a picture I of it. <laughs> I took a picture of it. I yeah. got a picture on my phone Fuck of yeah. you jamming the sitar. Nice. nice. Well, yeah, I'm happy to share some some other uh, Indian stuff because yeah. Scary sounds. Hold on, guys. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> Wait. Do it again. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Do it again. Come back. Chris, Chris, come back. Come back. Bring it back. No. <laughs> no that was all we got. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. That's all we got. Closer to the phone. There we go. Oh, you can't even hear it. This phone's a piece of shit. Just go ahead. I don't know. There was no ring out, but we heard the chord. We heard the, we heard the, the fucking oh, the dark, the, yeah, the, yeah. Shost- <laughs> the Schoenberg chord. Yeah. This yeah. phone is dog <laughs> shit, man. Like, if I like were to play a guitar for you right now, you wouldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it oh, won't yeah, up music. Like, it just hears it and instantly, like, quiets. It, it sounds like it's underwater. Well, there's like a setting for that. Yeah. There's a setting for that, yeah, but on probably. the phone, it's a little different. So, yeah. 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 Hey, uh, but we heard it for... Okay, anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Guys, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I mean, uh, oh, man. obviously... So much fun. This, this exhausted prayer thing means a lot to me and, and the dudes. And, uh, yeah. you know, this, despite not being, you know, like a popular famous band or whatever, or getting a whole lot of accolades over the years, we do it because we love it. And we like our sort of small little yeah. niche that we have in our boutique band that we have. And anytime we get people that are willing to give us uh, a little bit of light a day and, and, and spend some time with us and give us some love, it's so, so very much appreciated because we don't get it all the time. And it's, it's, and we're so dedicated to this and we love it so much. So, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, I definitely, uh, so cool. I, uh, I totally see that and how you guys spoke about your your project today and and it made me even more interested after this podcast so that's really cool totally me too um, it's like how you guys have kept it going for so many years and it's mm-hmm. still your, your thing and you're not you know you're not tr- you're chasing some sort of popularity fucking dragon mm-hmm. you're, you're you're playing what you want to play and and that's what's fucking awesome man a little more clean you're, singing in this album than, than prior prior oh, yeah. i guess that's the only uh, like yeah, sell out or whatever yeah, we'll end the podcast right now then <laughs> <laughs> i'm just oh, kidding, wait, I'm kidding. Edit that out. 
<laughs> Dude, they sold out. They were on Cali Death Podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we're all we're, we're all millionaires already doing this. So yeah. you know uh, that's why we're here. And uh, well, yeah, that was yeah, that time for this shit. Sell out, you know, <laughs> sell out move coming on talking to you guys for sure. We've made zero dollars, and yeah, no, that's. God, dude. <laughs> We love you guys, oh, man. That was fun. Oh, yeah. oh, look at that cat. Look at that. Yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> Come on. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, cats do that, dude. They, I've seen that before on a lot of podcasts. They like they 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 steal the show. They're like, oh, you're doing something. Oh, yeah. and they come in front. Like, I'm I'm surprised Jules cat doesn't do that. Much. No, he has. He was he made oh, an yeah. appearance. He has Joel though. Was here. Yeah. No, he, yeah, he already made an appearance today. He was. Oh, he did. Here. I didn't see him. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. missed it. I mean, he's right here. If you're in the lap. He's right here. Oh, yeah, I swear chilling. to God, he's there. He's chilling. I'm not gonna. I don't want to change my camera. <laughs> yeah. All right, here it goes. I'm gonna get Sick. us over to song right on, real quick. Let's, uh, let's do our wrap up before we play anything. Uh, thanks for listening, watching, Cali Death podcast fans every week. That's awesome that you guys are coming back. Uh, so yeah, subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, rate and review all that stuff we, we'd like to see those and uh yeah come back next week we're gonna be here again so Jill. let's uh oh and one more one more thing thanks again uh christopher beady i said beetle last uh episode <laughs> sorry bro i fucking screw myself every time when i fuck <laughs> up and... yeah <laughs> exactly but yeah fuck yeah we'll see you guys next week yeah okay okay here we go here we go Oh